Here we go, 10, 10, 23. The Robert Chad Bell Show is about to crank it up for health, freedom, and healing liberty at a time of, uh, well, uh, I say great emotional angst on the planet uh, as war seems to ratchet the racket up even higher in the Middle East and elsewhere. Uh, I've got some things to say about that. Probably you won't hear many other places, if any. So that's coming up. We got a uh, first-time guest, I believe, Tori Jensen joining us in the first hour. She refused the jab. She's a nurse, refused the injections. Good stories, what she's doing to help people. And we have scheduled Dr. Ben Tapper in hour two, a great hero of health freedom. Uh, great doc. We appreciate love him very much. And love all y'all, too. Thank you for being here. Please do share the show at robertscatbell.com slash listen. There's a live chat room there or on various social media where we're not banned. And you can uh, chime in, say hi, let us know where you're watching or listening from. And we'll get this healing party started in the midst of a lot of things that are, you know, not making people want to feel like they want to party. You know what I mean? So uh, that's coming up and a whole lot more on the Robert Scott Bell Show right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, there are moments in this life, and I mean this literally, when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This was an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. Parents butchered using their bodies to try to protect their children. Stomach-turning reports of babies being killed. Entire families slain. Young people massacred while attending a musical festival to celebrate peace, to celebrate peace. Women raped, assaulted, paraded as trophies. Families hid their fear for hours and hours, desperately trying to keep their children quiet to avoid drawing attention. And thousands of wounded, alive, but carrying with them the bullet holes and the shrapnel wounds and the memory of what they endured. All right. Well, this is a, a, a time of uh, great and grotesque reflection on uh, humanity's cruelty to humanity. Uh, the things that you would never conceive of doing to another human being, perhaps, are, are what's happening right now. And let's be honest about the history of humanity have been happening throughout recorded history, maybe longer than that. But it's a time where maybe many of you are feeling, as I am, disappointed in humans. Uh, there are many times where we look around and go, what planet am I on? Why would this happen? And you ask these big, if you, if you will, maybe existential questions or spiritual questions of why, Oh Lord, why God would this be happening? And I come back to the issue of agency freedom and recognize that this place has been made available for us souls created by God, all of us to make choices 
some choices that are horrendous and heinous and, and, and what we, many of us perceive as to be, you know, question, how could this be possible? How is this possible that this is happening in 2023? Have we not learned anything? In much of our uh, even recent history, going back through the 20th century, war uh, has the biggest seemingly impact in terms of on history and what it does and how it manifests uh, a present and a future. And if we look back at all wars, uh, there are many who have said, and uh, one particular quote, uh, all wars are bankers' wars, in fact. And uh, if we look at this uh, disaster uh, in Israel and, and the surrounding area, it was linked and precipitated by what? What is the economic engine that provides for war? Bankers and their ability to print money out of thin air or now digitize them into existence. And I find it rather strange, the timing, maybe some of you do too, as uh, the U.S. Congress, Senate, whatever, said, you know, enough with this money we're throwing down, you know, the, the proverbial toilet in Ukraine. And then suddenly, almost boom, overnight, you have this massive conflagration in Israel where you have an Iron Dome, you have all kinds of technologies, you have the greatest intelligence forces in, in terms of knowing what's going on before it happens because you've got this little sliver of land between the Mediterranean surrounded by enemies or foreign enemies that, that have sworn to el eliminate it and the people there, that you don't make a mistake like that and believe it's a mistake. There has been movement toward peace among the people in Israel and those that consider them Arabs, Palestinians, Christian Jews, Muslims, and others there uh, for a long time. In fact, one of the things I brought up many times over the years, remembering back to my, say, I remember back to my mom's childhood, but only what she relates and what she's written about, too, in her book, uh, From Israel to America, a Life of Many Colors, basically, but how when she was young, certainly there was war around it, but even before the dawning of the state of Israel, uh, born of war at that point, the Christians, the Jews, the Arabs, the Muslims, they all kind of hung around together in that region. And they had the shook, the market, they had coffee shops and people would, you know, gather at cafes, talk, discuss, engage in commerce. And it wasn't until globalists got involved to muck up the works to create artificial realities that then would provide opportunities to divide and conquer to foment hatred and disgust. Now, we do know there are a lot of people uh, that seemingly have now gone into, you know, I, the hating hatred of Judaism or Jews and are willing to kill. And, and, and yet there are some acknowledge this, Jews or Israelis that, you know, would want to hate and kill on everybody else. It is not exclusive to one group of people, although I, I would have to acknowledge, and I think you would too, uh, as far as the, the American left, the liberal left, you know, that when they're all into the LGBTQ and everything and tying that in, you're like, tell me how well the LGBTQ fares among radical Islam in Saudi Arabia, in various countries. And where has there been advancement in equality in terms of, you know, women and vote, you know, all of that. And I, I just throw that out as a side because we talk about cultural issues and they seem to neglect that when they're they become tools of globalists to foment hatred based on some, you know, rabid ideology of intolerance, yet they want to claim tolerance. And the irony is that they're uh, kind of propping up regimes that are highly intolerant of anybody who might be gay or whatever, for instance, as an example. 
Whereas in, uh, you know, uh, I guess you could say a liberal democracy of Israel, there was a lot of freedom and acceptance and tolerance, whether you like it or not, that's where it was in the Middle East more so than anywhere. Now, I will also acknowledge and fault Israel as I have for their penchant to either forget what happened to the Jews during the 20th century, World War II and Nazi Germany, and implement similar strategies of numbering their own people and mandating, for instance, experiments upon them. Come back to Pfizer and mRNA type injections. And so there is nobody with clean hands here. So the question is, is you see these horrible atrocities, and of course, they're meant to divide and go, all right, see, it's the Israelis, or hey, see, it's the Arabs, it's the Palestinians. And very few of us can step back and go, yes, there is guilt here, there's guilt here, there's guilt, and nobody's fully, uh, let's say, again, clean, if you will. Now, I believe that the average folks of, of Israel, as they are in other places, realize it's better to get along and not be at war pretty basic, I know, but I think the average folks realize that. Yet right now, you throw all that aside because of the heinous acts that were allowed to happen. Much like 9-11 in, in the United States. Yes, I'm bringing that up. Or even arguably Pearl Harbor, the event that precipitated America's entry into World War II, was allowed to happen. Now, I'm not saying that there weren't positives in regard to what was beaten back ultimately, but in many ways, it's the Hegelian dialectic being played out. So it kind of, if not all in one fell swoop, moves the world more toward globalist Marxist communist government control. And again, the ben the centralized bank, the central bankers are key. They're critically the key to everything. And they win no matter who loses or no matter who wins. Because the countries go further into debt to these international scamsters, banksters throughout all of this. And we've seen the destruction of the U.S. Uh, dollar and various other currencies around the world associated with, again, printing uh, with nothing that backs it. It's tied to nothing. That means unlimited debt, unlimited slavery. And the entirety of, uh, you know, the, let's say hundreds, if not thousands of years of attempted control over you individually and countries as a group or nations as a group to subjugate them to globalist control, whether it be through monarchies or now through what they call democracy, which is really moving toward fascism if it's not already there, or in the case of overt collectivism, Marxism and communism. Now, I know that some of this is, is far afield from the, the tragedy and the destruction and the, and the wanton death of, of women and children and even babies as, as they're describing it. Again, heinous, horrible acts I don't even like to discuss or think about or imagine. But they want us to be captured by the imagination of the most brutal, horrible, and ugly things that humans can do to other humans. And I would ask you to pause prayerfully, contemplatively, sing sacred names of God, chant, read the Bible, whatever it is, and come back to the spiritual recognition that you and I and all of us, even those that are doing these heinous acts, are creatures or creations of God. And I'm not absolving anybody of responsibility if we talk about the manipulation of these people and the hatred. Look, we've all been there. In fact, right now, we might be feeling that anger and hatred because of what you're witnessing, and you might take one side or the other. It's a lot to ask, I know, to step back because it doesn't mean <clears throat> you don't care. It means you care so much to say, how do we uh, solve, if you will, 
solving might not be the right word, but how do you out create a scenario that has been artificially induced through tapping into our fears, our hatreds, our emotions, etc., to look at one another as enemies, as purveyors of death and destruction. And there's, again, there are a lot of people that are engaged in just tremendously awful acts right now. And this is, again, the history of humanity on planet Earth. What if you could imagine not responding? And I don't mean allowing these these heinous acts to occur because there has to be a response. You have to engage in and, and do whatever you can to take on those who would visit such atrocities. But if we look at those who have created the environment, if we look at those who have even created the organizations that are engaged in these atrocities, we would come back and have to self-reflect here in America and look at our own CIA for the creation of some of these things as well. And this is not to absolve KGB level things in Russia. This is an ongoing thing and all nations of the world and the people of them have been either uh, overtly uh, part of it or just victimized by the fact that they're they're just unconscious and don't know what's going on and they just continue to feed a machine because they want to be good whatever little citizens taxpayers etc you know the protests against vietnam interestingly enough we look at that and we look back and realize that was a declaration of not of war but initiation of a police action under united nations resolution and the u.s hasn't declared war since world war ii officially through the house of representatives and here you have all of these authorizations to use force and money being sent to ukraine the people finally said enough even the democrats to some degree and then suddenly boom look what happens in israel and what's happening right now again i am not saying any of this to, to minimize the the tragedy the horrific atrocities that are occurring and the need to respond to them but at the same time, you know, this is for some an excuse to do wholesale, you know, genocide. And you would feel righteous to do so based on this. But is it the average, you know, individual in Gaza or elsewhere that's responsible for this? And I just, again, I'm not answering the question. I'm asking it and saying, all right, now let's tap into a spiritual reality. A connection that you have to the source of all healing, as I talk about. The source of all peace the source of all wisdom that goes beyond any think tank or president or prime minister or military that can envision through your creative imagination, a gift that you were given by God that created you to outcreate all of the emotional angst that drives you into hatred and dis dissension and division. Again, not naively, there's nothing about what you're seeing should, uh, you know, you should be naive to say, oh, well, yeah, humans can't do that. They won't do that. They do. But they're often instigated by other humans that hide behind masks or secret organizations that facilitate this level of foment and dissent and hatred and all of that. Now, you are made of God. You are created of God. We all are. The question is, what do we do? Do we you know, dig in on the base level emotions and fears and hatred, or do we rise up and above it now? Again, not in ignorance because we still have a right to defend ourselves. Israel has a right to defend itself as others do. But there are people that just want to see wholesale slaughter, whether it be of Israelis, whether it be of Palestinians, and they're both not operating in what, what I'd call a godly or loving manner at that point. And someone would yell at me and go, well, how can you in the midst of this? Well, because you are born of God, you are connected to the source of all creation. And the question is, can you in the midst of such atrocities rise above it, not to ignore it, 
not to allow it to continue, not to facilitate it or provide uh, uh, aid and and comfort for those who are engaging in those uh, activities and behaviors, but to not participate in the fomenting of a worsening of it, to take it up to the next degree. How do you de-escalate? How do you bring some love into this? And again, you know, I, rec- I recognize I'm born of the 60s, although I was very young at the time. So I wasn't the hippie love child, flower child, even though I'm wearing a kind of a hippie flower child shirt today, uh, which I do enjoy recognizing the the message I try to bring each and every day, seemingly more imperatively today with what we're witnessing on this planet. Again, I come back and I go, I look at other humans and I say, gosh, I'm greatly disappointed. And I don't do that from a judgmental perspective because, look, I feel all of those same emotions. The question is, what do we do? The same response or the same reaction that's always been, or do we try something different? Do we try to go deeper? And even as those who would protest war in the past have now become the aggressors in war-making machinery, that's right. Many of the people who protested Vietnam are now all in on forcing people to mask and, and, and inject themselves or have themselves injected and on and on it goes. Uh, again, it seems like the human condition is completely be manipulated and deceived and to act on base level emotions instead of stepping back and saying, hey, what is the spiritual consequence of my action to my behavior? How can we go deeper to inspire and uplift? How can we use creative imagination to see a world beyond where they're trying to draw us in by the gravity, and the intensity and the evil of everything it drips in and you're like, oh, now I'm in. Please listen carefully as I say, and I know this is subject to misinterpretation that Robert Scott Bell is saying, just go home and contemplate your navel and ignore the atrocities. That is not what I'm saying. I'm asking you to rise up above or get deeper into your connection and relationship with that which created us all to find out what is the guidance from within? What is direct guidance from God, the inspiration, the intuition, the message, the prophecy, et cetera? How does that play out in the midst of something that would distract us from our higher relationships or deeper relationships with the divine to drive us into an emotional animalistic state of retribution and revenge? And granted, righteous indignation, righteous, uh, uh, you know, outrage to these acts. I don't dispute that that's a real response, maybe even appropriate emotion to this. The question is, what do we do with it? And with that, I'm going to bring Super Don into the mix to talk about something that he's been monitoring over the weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, as hard, as difficult as, as it is to watch and witness Super D, um, where I want to take it is, is to somehow break the cycle. And I, I'm not delusional about that. I could do it just because what I'm saying, but maybe, just maybe. Dude, there, there's like so much to unpack on what you just said. I'm not even going to try. Okay. Uh, but I'll just give you my perspective on it. Yes. Um, Saturday when I first I actually it was it was a thing where uh I had kind of unplugged. Yeah, of course, you know, figures, right? On the day I unplug, right, major S hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just happened to to just oh I, I wonder what's going on at Drudge. And it was like, oh my what? Yeah, so I turned on the TV and I pretty much have uh, been glued to it for the last two and a half days. Um crazy. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy to see everything that unfolded um, and the level of, uh, yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I know that we have a tendency not to want to agree with anything that Biden says, but when Biden says something right and, and accurate, you know, you go with it just because we're going to have some intellectual integrity. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, 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 he described notice, it very well. In, and in just his, so you know, Super Don, 
my response to this was not an attack on Biden at that moment. No, even no, no, though no, I understand. We, we could argue no. that some of the things that he has done are well, not. Well, listen, done let me finish. Let, let, let me let me finish what it is I have to say, and then sure. then you know because uh, there's there's some plan, there's, there's blame to go around on right. this situation. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Your, I like your perspective. It's one that that is is old as time that we have we have talked about before as far as uh you know the 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 tail wagging the dog right yeah um, i'd like to be consistent in terms I, of even in the midst of something as disastrous yeah, as this absolutely and I, and i and i get it and i understand i don't know that i i subscribe to it 100% but mm-hmm. um you're right you know i mean some of these things it's hard after looking at all of the crap that's happened over the years and all of the you know the the lies and the deceptions and the propaganda and stuff like that it is very hard to see something happen and just go oh yeah coincidence you know because it, oh. it doesn't mean that coincidences don't exist they do but all of the 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 collusion and the and the stuff that's happened in the past really has given co- uh, uh, coincidences a bad rap yeah. <laughs> right you know it, it makes it hard to accept a coincidence when it when it truly is a coincidence we just don't mm-hmm. know at this point but it's very suspect uh Obviously, the news is focused on the. Um, how do you how do you describe mm-hmm. the images that, that that you know? If you've really been 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 watching, some people would not want to watch, and I don't blame you. I'm one of those guys that it's I'm kind of hardwired with all the years of of working in in news yeah. that you know it's like I got to know everything that's going on, and so I kind of immerse myself in situations like this, and uh, it, it gives you you know the willies and the nightmares and stuff like that, because the images of this stuff that's going on is horrific. Now let's get beyond that. um, As far as the conversation goes anyway. And, you know, here are some takeaways for me. Um, Number one, and I think Emord is going to have something to say about this on Thursday when we have. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But specifically, mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking at what's going on here at home. Yeah. And, you know, because there's so much that can be said about what's happening over there and, and why it's happening. And, well, you know, and I, he, I have family there. We have family. Kevin's there with his oh, Kevin. Family. I was just chatting with and, him a few minutes ago, actually. Yeah. And uh, he's in yeah. the chat room, Kevin. We love you and prayers for you and, and everybody. And yet, you know, if you're there, you recognize the profound, uh, let's say, defensive posture Israel has had to be in since it was, you know, founded, if you will. Yep. surrounded by enemies as well that to, to accept this on face value that they, Oh, we didn't know this was coming on some level. Like I said, that's why I tie well, into things like nine. Listen, if you look at what they did, <laughs> it's very interesting how, how this attack, at least based on what it is that I've seen and what mm-hmm. I've read. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the explanation on this and it's believable. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't completely dismiss it. That you have to understand these these terrorist organizations. It's very easy to think that they're a bunch of um, a knuckle dragging mouth breathers carrying clubs or something, right? And and you know they're they're cunning and they're smart. They are, and a lot of what they did um, in preparation leading up to at least what it is that they're saying uh, was done purposely in a way for all of Israel's um, uh, high tech intelligence apparatus because uh, apparently they've got a great reputation for this but um, 
I mean, they were literally like, they had men on paragliders going over the border. <laughs> when was the last time you saw something like that? Right. Well, it was I a remember, very, it was uh, a very low tech yeah. preparation that, you know, for all the money and the technology and stuff that you can have for trying to intercept communications and stuff like that. You know, if you, if you go back to the, but go back to the low tech ways of doing things, that stuff sure. is pretty much not going to pick anything you, you up. You find plausibility. I have a hard time finding plausibility in the ability to, to succeed in what they did because uh, the, the ground on the ground intelligence, et cetera. Again, I have, look, uh, I have family members there, some who have operated in uh, you know, what they call special forces, you know, that are the most skilled in, in you know, this kind of thing. That's why I have, let's say, skepticism about, oh, yeah, they really succeeded all the way through. And we didn't, you know, set aside the possibility of doing this to bring uh, the people of Israel together. There's been a lot of dissent on the war and other peace making efforts. And again, I, I tie it into previous issues. All wars are bankers wars. There is international globalist agendas involved here. And there were even in the establishment of Israel the state of Israel, you know, that was a UN sanctioned event. And it's not controversial to say it just was a fact. The British were involved. I mean, there's a lot of mm -hmm. history there that foments, uh, let's say, biblical prophecy as if it were maybe it's real or maybe it's manipulated into being because they know what was written. It's like, hey, here's the script. Let's play it. And right. we go back to World War Two and the arguments that you know, look the other way for uh, Pearl Harbor. How many things have sure. we covered every year at that time? Yeah, you're 100 percent right. There's so many questions. Right. I'm not going to fire. I'm not going to Germany. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert here. I just just based on what it is that I've seen and that I've read, the jury's still out. Mm -hmm. A lot of these questions that are being asked, like Carol here in the chat room. Yeah. Why did Israel wait six hours before responding? I don't know. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's a legitimate question. There's a lot of a lot of questions will be answered. But here's let me just that aside. Yeah. I want to bring it back home here for just a moment. Okay. And I want to point out the fact that we need to be kind of careful and be very aware of what's going on in our country right now, yes. in my opinion. Here's why. Uh, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah or, you know, there's, there's reports here, whether it's true or not. Again, I don't know. All I know is what I've seen and I've heard. Yes. Uh, that Iran has has played a part in in uh, working with Hamas uh, in in leading up to this attack that took place over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we are not friends with Iran. We're not friends with any of uh, most of the you know any of these terrorist organizations. They would like to to uh, to see us go down, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this southern border situation this this has been hinted at over a long period of time here about how there are people coming over the border we have no idea who these people are people are just just coming over and disappearing of the ones that they have caught uh one of the statistics that i saw this came from the from the border patrol themselves and this was internal data that was leaked to the press uh showing that in this last in 2023 alone they have arrested 154 people on the terrorist watch list. Mm -hmm. Okay. That number is more than like the last six years combined. It's mm -hmm. just been in this last year. And that's just the ones that they've caught. That's not sure. the, that doesn't count all the people. You remember in that video that Emord showed us where there was like that big old space. Yep. People just coming up. We have no idea who's here. And so to your, to your point, Super Don, and I agree 100%, um, there are people that hate America. I don't believe that they hate us for our freedom per se. I mean, that was to me a slogan that didn't work. Um, uh, you know, I think that as Ron Paul had said, 
They hate us because we've intervened in so many places around the world. Now, we can get into the nuances of the discussion. Had the U.S. not done it, what would have happened on and on? I, I, I can't. I don't have time to go into all of that. But no, I no, no. A wide variety of viewpoints. But you, to your point, there are unknown numbers of people that could be called on in a moment's notice to begin attacks within our own country. Yes. But they want us obviously in a heightened state of, of war everywhere, because we typically are acting from our animal brains at that point. We're not thinking clearly. And therefore these things that occur end up, we respond, government responds in more lockdowns, more usurpation of freedom, uh, more power grabs, more centralized bureaucracies, more emergency declarations like we saw in COVID. So if I look and I get semi-political now with the Biden regime, and say, you guys have been allowing this to happen. What do you think was going to occur? And if I'm going to say they're morons that didn't know, I'd be hard-pressed to say that. I would say on some level there's an agenda because just as what happened in Israel could strengthen a, you know, a centralized bureaucracy control when some tragedy occurs like that, the same thing in America inevitably could happen in the United States should suddenly be internal terroristic strife occurring. And now you've got lockdowns and shutdowns in a different way. Now it's not because of a, a phantom menace like COVID-19 and it becomes real, you know, hand-to-hand hand -hand combat warfare because they've let some real villains in, so to speak, or those that could right. be, uh, let's say, activated at any moment. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're on the precipice of not more freedom, although I would argue if we elect to, to choose a different path, not in naivete, but in recognition of our spiritual essence, our spiritual power emanating from love. And again, the hippie love was a bit naive, even though it was maybe instigated by certain things. But arguably, a lot of that was instigated also by CIA efforts to, you know, throw some things awry in America. Certain principles or, or, or values were corrupted. But the reality is each and every one of you, that includes me, that includes Superdon, is a powerful spiritual being. A matter of question of when do you walk in and step in, but for the sake of love, not take a again, naive way, fence. And, and we have an obligation to defend life, liberty, and property, and especially those innocents, those who can't defend themselves, whether it be women, children, or otherwise. And you, we see the wholesale slaughter of what's apparently occurring. Uh, you know, among some of the most evil people on planet Earth right now, which could instigate other people that seem to be good guys willing to do the same to others because of vengeance. And then the innocents are caught up in it. And so those that are the, the horrible actors doing these acts ends up, you know, what, what they call collateral damage. And uh, again, it's the history of humanity on the planet. It's been a warring planet for a long time. Uh, the question is, do we have the option and opportunity to say, I don't, I no longer, you know, what if they threw a war and no one showed up? Granted, you can't not show up to something that's occurring in Israel when your country has been invaded and your your, your innocents are being destroyed, killed hor horrifically. But to your point, Super D, that is happening in the United States of America from within. Not in, we, It's in. something I, I, I hope they're paying attention to. Yeah. Because, you know, this would be a great time, right? My I concern mean, is the Biden administration is wanting it. And I know that's horrible to say for some people to hear it, uh, but... We have got to acknowledge that there are entities within our own government, various globalists, whether they be Democrat, Republican or other, that want to see a weakening of America and us to fall under a global government. Well, and what a, what a great time, right? We got we got attention going over here to Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. Now we got attention going over here over to Israel. 
you know, while we're distracted and we're depleting, which Mm -hmm. I believe we are, I don't know for sure, but it sure seems logical that, you know, we're sending a whole bunch of stuff over here and now we're going to be sending a whole bunch of stuff over there. In the meantime, Uh, all the stuff we've sent away, including money that theoretically was ours, means that we cannot defend ourselves in hot wars involving China, Taiwan, Russia, Pakistan, and India. You name where this can go. The question is, can we spiritually, consciously uh, choose a different course? Now, I'll leave it there, and let's shift topics. If you guys have questions or comments about any of this, we've got a whole other hour with Dr. Ben Tapper coming up. But first and foremost, we've got a, a guest to welcome up, maybe to uh, lighten the mood a bit, uh, even <laughs> though you know she's serious, too, in what she's done when she, as a nurse, uh, was told you have to get the injection. She said no. And how did that change her life? And what has she done with it? Tori Jensen joins us now. You can check out her website, Tori, T-O-R-I Jensen, G-J-E-N-S-E-N.org. Uh, and uh, let's uh, let's find out how we can lighten this up. Tori, welcome to the God Bell Show. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on board again. You know the seriousness of what's going on. That's why we have to tackle these issues. We can't run from them, pretend they're not happening. But uh, I'm asking folks to go deeper. To rise above and beyond it, not to ignore it in a, in a naive sense. But then again, what you witnessed in your profession is that they came after you and many of your profession and said, you have to take part in a grand medical pharmaceutical experiment. And you said no. Absolutely. And I mean, we can see going back, I think COVID was just the wake up call for a lot of us. It's been happening for a while. It's been happening uh And I think it it all is control and what we see, you know, daily in the news is control as well. And we can easily get our heads turned left or to the right. Um, What allowed me in that moment when I was asked to take a stand or to to do something I didn't feel uh, was in line with my beliefs and my values, um, I... I said no. And um, what we what happens is that when you say no, everyone kind of freaks out when you don't follow the narrative. But you have to be aware of what you care about so that when stuff like this happens, so when you read the news, you can filter it. Um, and really, I just think it all comes down to good versus evil. I mean, all of it. It's mm-hmm. so, and that's a little oversimplified and a little bit um, hard for people, some people to grasp with, mm-hmm. uh, if particularly if they don't consider themselves spiritual or have a religious background. But um, in because I have a biblical mm-hmm. worldview, that is that's simply put how I'm able to filter this information and to make a move forward and to not let it shake me mm-hmm. to the core. Well, I said this is a spiritual crisis, so this has always been, in my mind, everything else is kind of a distraction, even though it's real. I'm not saying it's not real, but if you look at, you know, let's say a biblical or Judeo-Christian kind of worldview, there's a lot in, in terms of Old Testament wrath of God stuff, you know, a vengeful God, that concept. And then Jesus comes along and says, hey, there might be a more loving path forward, but, you know, it doesn't mean you get rid of your swords when need be. At the same time, uh, let's say the manipulation of those who are maybe good or godly people when they see atrocities like this through the spirit of vengeance can become bringers of some of that too. And, and here, I, you know, I'm appealing to, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Maybe you've got some insight in this as well, because those that came after you and said, you have to get the injection. I don't mean that all of them were engaged in overt evil. I don't know that you're saying that either, but they really believed in what they were doing. I think that step over into evil is when you take away choice 
which second to life itself to me is one of the greatest gifts God gave us agency. And that's where they, I draw the line. I say, look, you can believe what you want to leave, believe, but if you start forcing me or eliminating my ability to choose, that's really, I think that's where if God were to get pissed off, I don't know, that might be it. That might be it. Yeah. Um, I think too, if you, in the absence of religion, okay. So if for my, for my friends who don't have a faith, right. You replace it with something and you have to have to look at your world to make it make sense. And so if you don't have a faith in something like the Bible that is never changing, uh, that you, that is a solid foundation, then, then science can become your religion. And so we saw the cult following there. politics can become your religion because we have to be able to make sense of the world. Um, and so it, they were, there was zero room for my religion though. There was zero room for my biblical worldview in that setting because it has become the, you know, that what you can see and touch has become what's real to everyone. It's like separate from, you know, the spiritual realm versus the physical. Uh, and it has trumps, it now trumps uh, what your values and beliefs are. Yeah. Man, I just feeling it. Do you feel it? I mean, if you're if you're at all sensitive to the energies on the planet, much less in your own environment, um, there are people searching. And I know, Tori, what you're trying to do is help guide people to a higher perspective, a better perspective, a deeper perspective, as I'm as am I. And not everybody agrees on what that is or how to get there. But I would ask people to come together in a spirit of of uh, uh, yeah. What would be the right word? I like to say love, but I mean it in a divine way, you know, as God loves all of, all of his creation. Uh, and yet we are free to really screw up. And that was part of the plan, obviously, because we were given agency. And the question is, how do we respond or react to these things? And in, in the case of taking away from the you know, giant warfare stuff and talk about the the war on individuals like yourself in the nursing profession, say, hey, you have to get this experimental injection or else, you know, how do we respond forcefully and lovingly at the same time? Absolutely. I think that if you recognize what you're afraid of, that's a good place to start, right? Like if you are, whatever you care about, um, they will attack. And if you're so afraid of losing your stuff, if you're so afraid of losing something, that's, that kind of, to me is like triggering. Okay. So that's what I care about, obviously. So I go back to your values and I, I don't think that we value taking care of our health as much as we should because it fortifies the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So uh, my when I was when I left the hospital setting, I was a registered dietitian working in the hospital and then went to on to become a registered nurse. Uh, was a COVID nurse, like my my floor became the absolute COVID nurse. And um, when I was forced to leave, I said to myself, "All right, what?" how can I use my skills to provide for my family? What are my options here? Um, and I went back to, I realized like no one knows how to take care of their body. It's crazy. In the hospital setting, <clears throat> we we just put Band-Aids on it and we send you on your way with some medication and say, okay, good luck. Mm -hmm. um, when you go to the doctor and you, they're like, oh, you have high blood pressure. Here's a medication. Oh, by the way, like, you know, diet and lifestyle would probably help you. So good luck with that. I mean, we, they don't give us the skills. So I realize I'm trying to bridge that gap for people, mm -hmm. um, for women, uh, to show them that it's actually attainable. If you, and it's more simple than you think, um, when you really focus on, um, nutrition and stress management, uh, sleep, um, how you're moving your body. And because of this, we, you will fortify your mind. 
And when your mind, your body's fortified, your mind is fortified, you are spiritually strong so that you are not pulled into the fear piece of it. It's so easy to get pulled into that. Oh, yes. Well, and that's the theme today, overtly, if there ever was one. And uh, I love the way that you could take it into that interpersonal space as well as the global, you know, that big picture, because ultimately it impacts us as each as individuals, as creations of God. And then what do we do with that? You know, where do we go? What do we choose? How do we choose to respond to it? And, and for me, you know, where the left has left humanity is in this idea of mandating and prohibiting. And, and that, you know, they're playing as if they're God in that sense, you know, in a leftist religion, as you point out, the, the, the worship of science or scientism. Uh, and yet science devoid of spirit, you know, it, it becomes completely corrupted. Just as, a, you know, as I said, a doctor who may be skilled at doing something extraordinarily well, like a surgical procedure to li- save somebody's life who had been shot by a bullet or hit by a bus, uh, if they don't have that relationship to the divine, what happens when the message tries to come through to say, hey, don't cut there this time. I know you do it every time and you save lives. This time it'll kill the patient. That divine communication that I don't know how it works necessarily unless people have a belief in something beyond and above or deeper than themselves. So you're talking about listening to your intuition, listening to the spirit inside of you and, you know, kind of going there. Um, Yeah. And I I really think that all the distractions in the world are meant to turn that off Mm -hmm. and meant to make us robotic and, uh, just good, good little soldiers that to, to follow the narrative and to do whatever they tell you. Um, I live in California. I don't, where are you? Where are you out of? Oh, I'm, I'm not in California. I'll say that I hang out in Nevada and Utah mostly. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you're West coast, but California, it's crazy out here. It's crazy. When I pulled my kids out of uh, public school to homeschool them, everyone that I know is like, what are you, why everyone, except for the people I go to church with who are, Mm. who understand and most of them homeschool their kids too. And I said, because I, I know how powerful it is to these messages that are being sent to my kids to program them. I was a product of public school. It was amazing. Right. But looking back, I had, it really diluted and took me away from the biblical worldview that my parents weren't trying to instill in me. Um, So I'm just trying to simplify it for my kids because they're, if they're, they, who, whoever, the proverbial they, right? The deep state, the World Economic Forum, who are the they that is working against us, the pharmaceutical industry, who, mm-hmm. whoever they are, right? But making us tired, making us distracted, um, and and too busy, quite frankly, to take care of ourselves. Right. And so we become sitting ducks. Then we re- mm-hmm. we re- rely on them for everything. So mm-hmm. a big part of what I tell teach women is like, listen. You, if you want to be healthy, there's actually so many things you can do on a simple level to do that so that you don't have to rely on the government. You don't have to rely on the pharmaceutical industry because you'll go to the doctor and they'll just give you a medication because that's what they know. They're not evil people to what you were mentioning earlier. The people that fired me, they're not evil. They were just playing their role because they aren't thinking for themselves. No, they're living also in fear and fear crowds out God's love and wisdom. Not to say that there's no basis for fear to be legitimate. I try to distinguish between walking on an edge of a cliff, fearing that you might fall down versus, uh, you know, the fear that we are induced to uh, have for invisible enemies like germs that may or may not be uh, actual causative agents. And then uh, what we have are man-made biotoxins, et cetera, that are created to uh, instigate or foment the fear made manifest. And then when we are afraid, we don't, really 
connect to, you know, as you said, you call that intuition. You know, I think God's communication to us at any moment that can reach us. But when we are pan, it's like, I don't know if you ever read, this is a, a secular book, but it's funny and hilarious. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, where, you know, the, 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 the main thing is don't panic, right? Because you can't, you know, think clearly, much less utilize those, uh, let's say, uh, the ability that you've been given to navigate your way through a lot of challenges, for instance. And so this is something uh, for me, we're seeing, I guess, humanity challenged to go deeper to our divine connection or go further in abandonment of that and see how well that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that the best thing for people to do is to take a moment to slow down, to get to turn off the noise from even, you know, I, I'm so interested in everything that's happening in Israel. So when you guys were talking about that, it was like, oh my gosh, because of the implications it has for us as Christians, for Jewish, for biblical prophecy, I mean, the implications there are, are incredible, but to turn off the noise, to go outside, to be with other people, you know, uh, be with other humans, have conversations. Like this is a, you know, this is a great radio show. I love it. But like, turn off the podcast, like read a book, like just be alone with your thoughts for a second. So you can figure out what you care about. You can figure out really what you care about and line your actions up with that. Because I think there's no, uh, there's no worse place to be. And this is where most of us are. We mm -hmm. never slow down long enough to figure out what we care about. So there's this big chasm of what we, we, we say we care about, but are, we're not mm. living that way at all. And yeah. so it produces in us this angst and this fear and this underlying anxiety. Um, and because we can't control what's happening in Israel, we, we right. have we cannot do Even anything. Even if you're in Israel, you have a hard Absolutely. time controlling what's happening in Israel. And this is where we must go quietly, deeply into contemplative, prayerful meditation, whatever it is, to connect to the source, again, of all wisdom, of all healing, of all divinity, and be guided in the midst of this. Because it's it's very, it's it's human. I'm not judging people who are fearful right now. I have, you know, sometimes fear creeps up on me, too but it's not going to guide me. Ultimately, I have to, you know, realize that's when I am disconnected from the source of all wisdom, healing, knowingness, et cetera, to reconnect to that should be, you know, fear is a symptom to say, Hey, get back connected to the source of divinity of all of that. And, and, and so here's the question, Tori, for you. And by the way, we're talking with Tori Jensen. Uh, you can check out T O R I Tori Jensen.org. Uh, if you want to connect with what she's doing for a lot of folks that are, are needing the help and there's plenty of them that do, uh, was the, uh, event associated with forceful injections, the wake up clarion call for you. Did you have that spiritual basis to respond immediately or did it drive you deeper into your faith when that occurred? So you can come out and do this, this new mission. Yeah. It, it was kind of like a both. And like I, it, uh, I started seeing the changes in the healthcare system years before COVID with the, with the, the push to tie every one of our actions back to um, evidence, which was which I thought was good at the time, right? So it's called evidence-based practice. So everything we do in the hospital setting, we have a protocol and there's a reason for it and there's evidence behind it. And it's also then tied, here's the kicker, it's tied to reimbursement. So you follow all these core measures, you make sure the hospital, as a nurse, I have to chart certain things, do certain things, right? So we get reimbursed. Okay, so now fast forward to COVID, 
Now, at the time, I thought, okay, well, that's good, right? You don't, it, it kind of levels the playing field. Let's say I'm a good doctor, you're a terrible doctor. Like, because we both have the same protocol to follow, every, the, the patients get kind of better outcomes that way. Does that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So um, level the playing field, let's standardize some things, let's get it back to evidence. But then when it came to COVID, it was weaponized. Because I remember, like, like I, I remember exactly where I was sitting when I um, showed up to work and I had been there a couple of days prior and all my, all my COVID patients were getting hydroxychloroquine and zinc, vitamin C. Um, I can't remember if we were giving steroids at that moment, but then I showed up and all of a sudden, like I looked at the med profile and I, no one was getting hydroxychloroquine anymore. And I said, well, that's weird. And I had, you know, because I read and listen to things that are a little alternative, I had heard how that had been um, taken off the market or made very difficult to get months prior right. to it, yeah. right? And so, and then, you know, President Trump comes out and supporting it. And of course, that whole thing gets weaponized again, politicized. And I just remember thinking, this is so interesting. And at that point, you know, I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit and I just start, I just start collecting data. I just start collecting saying, this doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not one to, to just go along without asking questions, which mm-hmm. is probably why they got rid of me. <laughs> Cause I was yeah. like, wait a second. You're not a good I, little robot. You can't no. follow orders well anymore. And therefore we need to drum you out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a big problem with what I call allopathic medicine since the Flexner report of 1910. It basically said, if you don't follow along with uh, poisoning people you're back to health for profit, um, you don't have much of a future in this business. And and that's where we've got the schism because it's the abandonment of God. It's body, mind, and spirit. And they lost b- both mind and spirit, maybe a little bit of mind they still have, but that's where they went wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. And you can't monetize it, right? You can't monetize right. spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you can't you can't monetize uh you can't monetize eating uh vegetables. Yeah. You, you just can't monetize that. Yep. And I was talking with Dr. Merrill Nass uh, just, uh, was it on Sundays, uh, Sunday conversations, and there was a little bit that went out about reductionism. You know, we the Western mind wants to reduce, reduce, reduce. And she points out, yeah, if they can reduce it to that single molecule, they get to patent it or, you know, somehow manipulate uh, mm-hmm. nature and the natural world, and then they profit from it. And of course, you, you can't do that with love, you know, healing love, the energy of God and or homeopathics, herbs of creation, etc. You know, the real vitamins, minerals, the essential elements that keep this body functioning. Uh, so what you're doing is extraordinarily important. And I'm glad to connect with you. Um, is there a call to action you have for people hearing you for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show? Absolutely. I just want to, the message I have for women, I mostly work with, uh, with women on weight loss and hormone balance, is that you actually can do less and get better results. And I, I just, the, the, health and wellness industry wants to complicate this for you. They want to make money off of you. They want to make you dependent on their product or their pharmaceutical. And really, um, to, it, that's not the answer. The answer is to do less, stress less, sleep more, uh, work out more effectively, um, make eat more simple foods. And that's really it. But here's the kicker. You have to do it consistently. And that is what I help people do because it just seems too overwhelming Mm -hmm. at this point um, because we've been, we've lost the basic understanding of how our body works. So Mm -hmm. yes, check me out. You can follow me along on Instagram, the Tori Jensen. I'm always sharing free recipes and easy tips on how you can actually make this a reality for your life. You're doing important work, Tori. And I'm 
glad to connect with you. Real last quick question. Do you have an event out in the world? Like we're going to the Health Freedom Expo this weekend outside of Chicago, Tinley Park Convention Center. I invite all y'all to be there. I know it's last minute, but I've been telling you for weeks, if not months. Uh, do you have an event coming up of any kind that you're participating in? No, I'm going to go to AmeriFest, um, okay. in Charlie Kirk's event in December, but that's that's the only one so far. So oh, have okay. fun this weekend. Events are always great. Yeah, it's wonderful to get together with people that do not operate, live in fear. And even if they have a little bit of it, they're strengthened out, out of that fear by others that are not living in fear. And that's why we must do the opposite when they tell us to hide and divide. Uh, that is not God's message, y'all. Uh, Tori Jensen, God bless you. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for being on on a very intense day me. on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Tori Jensen, uh, check her out. Website's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. The day is 10-10-23. For those of you keeping track, those of you listening or watching live, please share the show or even later in the in the podcast later. All the links are up at robertscottbell.com. You can say thanks to our very special friends that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, including our friends at Cardio Miracle. If for any reason you can't find them on the web, come on over to robertscottbell.com and there's a banner. Click on it. You'll get the best deal possible on the stuff that's keeping me kicking butt in the gym at 57, running circles around people 20, 30 years younger than myself. And uh, I, I just that's one thing of many things. There are a lot more I want to talk to you about. And a, a quick shout out to my friend, uh, Bobri Oren, foliumpx.com, the folium products, including the, the original folium PX, which now my wife is taking. She's now moved on to the folium immuno and then the folium relax. This is the stuff that got my mom at 89 back on the dance floor. And so many of you are reporting breakthroughs when you're getting on this. Use the code RSB10 or reach out at foliumpx.com or come see Bobri and me and many others at the Health Freedom Expo, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com this very weekend. And uh, that's coming up now. I think we got questions of the day. And then we've got Ben Tapper coming up in hour two. We've got more discussion of uh, the Bill Gates of hell trying to conquer Africa with mRNA technology. Super Don, can we do a question of the day? All right. This is the first one. Uh, let's see. Dear RSB slash SD. <laughs> I like the shortcut from Cheryl there. Last week, the electric company installed a smart meter, which happens to be outside our bedrooms. Since then, my sleep is very disrupted, waking up throughout the night, and my ears have been noticeably ringing. Could this be connected, and what can be done? I will start by trying to replace that meter. Cheryl, yeah, absolutely. What you can do and should do is go back to the company and say, remove this immediately. You do not consent to it. And what they'll try to do is say, well, we're going to charge you extra money for not having it. Well, if you have to be on the grid, it's worth whatever, just about extra money they're going to charge you to not have that. Short of that, uh, you know, technologically speaking, building some kind of Faraday cage around it, particularly as it focuses on the inside of your house, wherever it is on the inside wall, creating a scenario where you're capturing a lot of that, uh, you know, wireless radiation type energy that's eking through your walls into you and disrupting your sleep cycle. Everything you do to protect yourself, your cells, the selenium we talk about, the the water, molecular hydrogen, the echo water that we get, uh, you know, from uh, uh, echo technologies, all of these things, uh, the folium, all of homeopathy. We've got the, the 5G homeopathic remedy available through my friend Neil Schultz. If you if you want, just send a message in. I'll get you connected to that. Those things are critically important in terms of the energy of our bodies and all that entails. But protecting yourself by creating a, a protection barrier in that sense would be something to look into. Uh, I wish I had more than that right now, but I'm, I'm kind of out of time. We'll have to do a follow-up. What's that second question of the day there, Super D? I think it's uh, this is from Les. 
Why do you think that veterinarians are not reporting household pets reacting to environmental toxins, especially the venom peptides that their owners are susceptible to? Les, it's an interesting question, but I'm not sure I'm clear on what you're asking. Why do you think veterinarians are not reporting household pets reacting to environmental toxins? Well, for one, most of these veterinarians are trained allopathically and they're not trained in terrain theory or the law of the terrain. And they, for the most part, outside of those that are more holistically oriented, and there are some, we feature them on this show, uh, they are poisoning pets with vaccines, with antibiotics, with prednisone, you know, the, the classic drugs that they give these pets. So why would they report on environmental toxicity since they have no tools in allopathic veterinarianism <laughs> to counteract it? All they got are poisons. Now, again, there, there are many vets out there doctors of veterinary medicine that have outgrown their training as are some medical doctors outgrowing their training and saying, how do we support detoxification pathways? How do we stop injecting these animals or just stop in, you know, poisoning these animals? Now, when you get into the snake venom peptide issue, that's, you know, the pharmaceutical reality that they have investigated and synthesized these peptides and used them in various drugs. So if they're using them in the drugs in, in you know, for pets too, animals too, they're probably not even well enough researched into the drugs themselves to know the origin of the drugs and what's in them to see that they're manifesting the disease, the sickness, the degeneration, et cetera, cancer and all of that. So Les, if you'll respond back with a clarification on your question in case I completely missed the mark on it, let me know. And uh, we'll come back uh, in hour two with more discussion points with Dr. Ben Tapper, a real amazing doc and a human being that's just extraordinary. And you, many of you know Dr. Ben Tapper and you love him dearly as I do and appreciate him. That's coming up. First, we got to talk about, again, Bill Gates of hell wanting to conquer Africa with synthetic mRNA technology. Why is it that they didn't have as much death during COVID? Could it be that they weren't injecting their people? Isn't that interesting? That's on tap, as well as your questions, comments. If you're in the chat room, say hi. Let us know where you are. Our buddy Kevin and many friends and family that are in Israel, God bless you. We're praying for you as well. And if you go back and listen to the opening monologue, this isn't about uh, taking sides as much as it is reconnecting to the source of all wisdom, healing, power, which is love, the love of God. That divinity is where I'm encouraging you to strengthen that relationship every day, more so than ever right now, as you see the angst and fear induced machinery working overtime on the world, this planet we're on right now. So God bless you all. We'll be back in a moment. And with God, all things are possible and the power to heal is yours. All right, this is the week we're all going to be joining together at the Health Freedom Expo, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Still time to plug in and join us there, road trip in flying, however you're going to get there. And we'll look forward to seeing you uh, an amazing weekend. The Trinity Live event starts uh, Thursday, Thursday and Friday of this week. And then Trinity Health Freedom Expo is the Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we'll be opening with, of course, Jonathan E. Mord, uh, Health Freedom and Healing Liberty Hero uh, and, and friend running for the United States Senate in Virginia. And I would urge you to support him as well, uh, emord4va.com, emord4va.com. Uh, we also have other upcoming events. I want to, uh, you know, urge you to sign on to the newsletter at robertscottbell.com. It's free. We don't sell your information or anything like that. 
to stay plugged into all that we're doing here. Uh, but there are a lot of things that are happening in the uh, coming weeks and months, more than I can even uh, keep up with. Uh, we just have uh, just, you know, more. First up, the, the Great Northwest Awakening following the Health Freedom Expo on the 21st. That's a Saturday. If you go to PatriotsUnitedWA.com, I'll be there with Dr. Brian Artis and many others and uh, speaking health freedom uh, to a group just across the border into Washington State, across the Columbia River from Portland. Uh, and that's the 21st of October. Uh, we also have the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo, and that's going to be in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, with many people you know and love from this show and others, Dr. Artis, uh, Dr. Jack Wilson, Judy Mikovits, and more. And uh, you can check that out online and link to it. I've been invited to speak at the Great Exodus Conference. What is that? It's a, you know economic and monetary uh, policy discussion. I've not been invited to speak at one of those before. It was because I, I mentioned Goldbacks at the Red Pill Expo and was invited to come out and speak on them. But I said, you know what? I'm happy to do that because I use them and encourage others to use them for economic freedom to, to defeat CBDC. Because if you think you're going to spend cash and survive CBDCs, it's not going to be enough because they will basically print cash until you can't buy anything with it. And then what are you left with? Get into the use, you get used to spending things like gold and silver right now and do it in the way you're used to. Little these notes that contain the gold, the gold bags. Uh, so I'll speak on that. But I said, I would want to speak on gold, silver, and copper as medicine too. And they said, sure thing. All right. So I'm going to give you both. And that's the Great Exodus Conference, uh, the West and South Lake, Texas, in basically Dallas, November 11th and 12th. There's a link there for that. Then we have the Autism Health Summit, thanks to Tracy Schlepsevic. That's uh, Groundhog Day uh, at second and third in February, and that'll be in San Antonio, Texas. So with that, let me open the, uh, this hour, and, and we got Dr. Ben Tapper scheduled to join us momentarily, and I can't wait. He's a, um, what an amazing dude. What a, an, an inspiring soul in this incarnation at this time in our history. He's here for a great reason. He's got a passion and a mission we love and appreciate. Uh, but if you look at one of the stories, one of the other guys, the lizard people that are here at the same time, that's why we got to counteract this stuff. Bill Gates from the Gates Foundation is funding $40 million, an effort to help develop what? Synthetic mRNA injections in Africa. Oh, man, is he pissed. And the globalists are pissed because the Africans didn't die as much as Americans did and Israelis did and others around the country, around the world that experimented with synthetic mRNA and allowed it to be injected into themselves or their children. And this is the abandonment of, yeah, we'd say common sense, but I think spiritual sense. Why you think a guy like Bill Gates or any atheistic scientist could say, you know what, this DNA stuff, God didn't do it right. We're going to synthesize some variations of this is, is a messenger RNA to alter DNA protein synthesis, and we're going to call it better. And y'all are going to take it or else. What does that tell you about the nature of these people or the lack thereof? These are the atheistic lizard people. I would call them also what? what they often call themselves transhumanists wanting to uh, live forever in the body. And we can get into some spiritual discussion on that if you'd like, but your spiritual essence is not your physical body. It's something you inhabit while you're here. And their idea of immortality in the body, just, you know, see the funny movie death becomes her with Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis, Willis to see where that ends up. I mean, that's a little bit more truth than you perhaps after this idea to live in the physical body forever and ever and ever. Your essence is spiritual and it is of God. And that is the essence of where we are, uh, let's say, frightened into abandoning 
you know, when we see the warfare on the planet. Now, uh, the last few years, it's been the fear of germs, whether they be man-made or not. And now the fear of war induced through what? Destruction of your relationship with the divine, leading to an abandonment of your spiritual essence itself and an acknowledgement that others are born of that same spirit. Now, they may have forgotten too, and they may be operating in those lower emotional states, including anger and hatred and, and fear, fear which is inducing all of this. And I would ask you once again, as I always do, more imperatively in the midst of what's happening on this planet right now, to go deeper and deeper into that relationship with the divine, to be guided so that you don't fall prey to the manipulation of the Hegelian dialectic dunderheads that, you know, they have a, a great intelligence in one sense, but not of God. It's a, it's a warped intelligence of worship of the mind, worship of the lower bodies and an absence of that divine connection and communication, intuition, or whatever you, you think it might be called, including creative imagination. Imagine, if you will, a world that doesn't fall prey to the, the divisive fear-mongering leading to deception or the deception that it is, but into dissension uh, and disconnect from God. And then, and I guess, an embracing of hatred and intolerance and destruction and warfare in that case. Gates wants to declare war on the African continent. Uh, he's not the first. You want to reduce population so you have access to the natural resources of a given area of the planet and or the human resources that you can uh, enslave through debt-based uh, economics. Read Confessions of an Economic hit, Hitman, for one, to understand how that game is played and how uh, our government U.S., Canadian, all governments of the world have been deceived into that, manipulated into that. And if they don't, if they don't play along, assassination is something that happens. We've seen that in history as well. Now, does that mean they've won because they can take you out when they think they want to or can? No, I think there's a plus factor that they don't account for or account for. Or maybe they do count on you not acknowledging. And that is, again, your relationship to the divine, your relationship to God. Do the people of Africa have a uh, mRNA injection deficiency syndrome. That's why they're not dying because they haven't done it as much as others, including Americans. Are you under any illusion about Gates and people like him that they are not for humanity? They want to see you destroyed, utterly removed from the planet. And if they really believe in this population uh, myth of overpopulation based on the resources available, certainly it would change the way we do things. But if they really believe we need to reduce population on the planet, I'm not the first to say this, but Gates, volunteer yourself out first, please. Don't be doing this to people that are not interested in your agenda and are trying to find a way to live and survive on this planet. And remember, it's not survival of the fittest. It's survivable of the most, survival of the most adaptable. How nimble are you able to adapt when you're chronically ill and dependent on FDA-approved pharmaceuticals for your very daily existence? which is why we need more homeopaths and herbalists and naturopaths and chiropractors, those that understand vital force, innate intelligence, to break through the fear-mongering of the collectivist, reductionist, lizard people who believe that you are suffering from drug deficiency diseases or syndromes, for which none exist. And with that, your consideration, please, to welcome 
our good friend, Dr. Ben Tapper, back to the Robert Scott Bell show, uh, show. And I think he knows this stuff as well as anybody. We'll find out. Dr. Ben Tapper, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Hopefully the audio works. Where are you? There you are. Robert, how are you, brother? Can you hear me loud and clear? Yes. Good to see you. And again, oh, that beard, dude. I don't get yeah. jealous about much, but I can't do one of those. Well, thank you, brother. And it's such a breath of fresh air to hear you speak. I mean, when I hear you speak and talk, it's like my you're just regurgitating my thoughts. So it's just a, it's it's so nice to hear this coming from other like-minded people like yourself. And it's just the truth is getting out there and the people are starving for this information. So it's just, it's just so refreshing to hear this, especially to your audience of people, you know, because the time is now for us to get loud and to be bold and to speak the truth right now because the soil for truth is rich. And so mm-hmm. I, I love it. No, you know it so well, and you have been speaking out. You've been extraordinary in the time I've gotten to know you and uh, appreciate what, what all you're doing. And you're going to have to update us on what's the latest, too, today for my audience that uh, maybe doesn't know you or what you're up to. In addition to just look, it's a wide open forum discussion with you and me here talking about these things that my intent is to reinforce that positive, powerful message that, you know, we each have a, a connection to the divine and those powers that seem to be scary or maybe evil. What is their goal and intention is to, d- to disconnect you from your divinity. And from there, they can manipulate you to do any and all horrible things which we're witnessing on planet Earth right now. Yes. I mean, 100 percent. This is a seed war going on. This is spiritual warfare. I mean, I've said this since day one, spiritual and psychological warfare. I mean, in 2020. Well, first of all, even back up prior to 2020 and uh, in a lot of the homeschool curriculum, as you were seeing, even that they're praising vaccines as if it was a miracle from God. And they were praising this as a golden calf and idolizing these vaccines. I mean, in 2019 at the vaccine summit, they took out in God we trust and they literally put uh, I'm sorry. In, they took, yeah, in God we trust. They put in vaccines we trust. Okay, and they had all the talking heads of all the, the three-letter organizations, and and uh, you know, and then in early 2020, they 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 said there's nothing you can do naturally to fight this disease. I mean, what about prayer? What about hope? Isn't that hope the most powerful drug there is on the planet? And telling patients that there's nothing they can do naturally to fight this, and just wait, sit around till the vaccine comes. I mean, that's there's a massive check in my spirit about that, and. And I know a lot of believers that have a check in their spirit about that too. But like you said, we need we need that spiritual sense that uh, you know common sense is not so common. Well, neither is spiritual sense, and we need that check in our spirit right now. We need to listen to that and really be guided by that. And and to if there's a check in our spirit, we need to question. And and, and that's the thing. It's um, you know it's it's spiritual and psychological warfare in the people, and that's criminal. And really, uh, when you tell patients there's nothing they can do naturally, that's the worst thing you can tell a patient. Yeah, Dr. Ben Tapper, let me ask you about symptoms, because as a homeopath, symptoms guide me. They're communication tools of the body that are very intelligent, smarter than any doctor, smarter than me or you. We just got to learn to listen to the language that we've been told either doesn't exist. It's kind of a random act of annoyance. And here's a drug. Take it, get it, get rid of it. And then, of course, we end up in chronic degradation and, and right. worse. Uh, but the uh, idea of listening to the spirit through your body's cells, for instance, is a fascinating one. I look at chiropractic as, you know, when they talk about innate intelligence, much like homeopaths talk about vital force. This is the body, mind and spiritual reality of life itself, where it originates as opposed to being materialistic and reductionist in our mindset. And then the question is, how do we encourage that when much of the Western world has adopted medicine as religion? Right. You know, this is the thing, too. We have been so um, duped in our healthcare system. Big Pharma has monopolized and they have indoctrinated the people and thinking that our body is inherently flawed, deficient and weak. And we need their pills, vaccines and everything else to be sufficient. 
I mean, I use the illustration of the wilted plant. You know, the wilted plant, you know, you look at it, you got 30 docs in the room in the allopathic world. They're going to look at that plant. They want to medicate, vaccinate, or take, cut off its leaves. But really, God gave our body the ability to be well as long as we give that body what it needs and it can be well. So just like the wilted plant, give it water and it can be well. Now, there might be a time and place for a, a certain pharmaceutical. There might be a time and place for surgery. But they are operating out of their scope of practice. And I love what you said about symptoms because, you know, listening to symptomatology is, is a good thing. Your body's letting you know that something needs to change. I like what my, my office lady, she was in, uh, she was, uh, she was homeschooled and she grew up out on the farm and she ran around barefoot most of her life. She has some of the healthiest feet I have ever seen. Okay. And she was um, in these shoes and she came in to see me and she's like, Dr. Tapper, I need you to adjust my feet. Look at my feet, my feet are killing me. And she thought something was wrong with her feet. And I said, listen, your feet are healthy. It's the shoes. I said, if we treat our teeth like we do our, our, our feet, we'd all be indentures. You, you, you know, it's like your shoes, the shoes are the problem. It's not your feet. Your shoes are, your feet are letting you know those shoes are bad for your feet. And so we need to listen to those symptoms, letting you know, the body's letting you know something's wrong. It's like, you know, if your check engine lights in the car, do you just unplug it? Or do you, do you address the cause and figure out what's going on and address it? And that's what we need to do with healthcare, not just treat symptoms and shut the symptoms up. And that's what medication does is treating symptomatology, not fixing the cause. Right. And of course, we've established in the West a medical monopoly on the treatment of disease, uh, which, you know, very much violates the fundamental freedoms that were granted to us by our creator and that were acknowledged in a Declaration of Independence and Constitution. You know, Benjamin Rush was credited with saying, unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, a time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship, restrict the art of healing to one class of men and deny equal privileges or rights to others. And this and is the time is now. What? Yes. Yeah. It's manifest. He was right. Right. And I'm not waiting for an amendment to put medical freedom back in where it should have been. I think it's acknowledged inherent in the rights that come from God, not government. But we have lost yeah. our way and we've uh, elevated a class of men over all others. And those were allopathic medical men or morons who are devoid of the spirit that would guide them beyond their primitive thinking or childlike thinking that they can poison people back to health. I think even children are smart enough to know that you can't do that. Right. Amen. You know, that's the thing. Giving, getting back to the roots and really they're trying to take God out of the equation. I mean, we're not just human beings having this spiritual experience, but we're very much spiritual vessels having this human experience. And there's pillars of health. And in the healthcare, healthcare world, we're neglecting the number one fundamental pillar that, in my uh, opinion, supersedes all other pillars, which is faith. There's faith, there's fitness, there's function, there's food. You know, and faith is one of the most important pillars of our health. We need to have that relationship with, with God through Christ. And that's what, what it's all about. And everything else follows. And giving the body what it needs and we can be well. But taking God out of the equation is, is detrimental, in my opinion, to our, towards our health. Mm -hmm. Dr. Ben Tapper is my guest this hour. We have tapperchiro.com as one of the links in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. You can plug into what he's doing. Also, there's another one called the timeisnow.movie. The timeisnow.movie. We can talk about a little bit about that as well. And, and anything else that's going on in, in case you're heading out and about, like we're going to the Health Freedom Expo this weekend in Chicago to be there with a lot of people that believe in the things we believe in here, uh, reuniting. And it's a wonderful reunion. And the uh, question is, what's up, Dr. Ben Tapper? What are you up to now? Well, we got a lot going on our plate. We're in the middle of a lawsuit. Uh, I'm being represented by the Children's Health Defense and Bobby Kennedy Jr. Uh, and we are suing the TNI, which is the Trust and News Initiative, 
basically we're kind of fighting back. It's been a, a, a massive legal battle. We're going against the um, some of the most powerful people in the world. Uh, the TNI is a basically an organization that came together um, that uh, it basically tried to silence and censor anyone that spoke out against the World Health Organization or the CDC. And it's a really uh, David versus Goliath case right now because it's it's a really a fundamental uh, case in, in regards to our First Amendment and freedom of speech and and those people like yourself that are speaking out and against the narrative or just have alternative views when it comes to our health. And so it's uh, we're suing the Washington Post, the BBC routers, um, uh, and there's a few other people in there, but uh, it's a big case. And that's kind of on our plate right now at the forefront. Uh, and uh, we do have an event coming up here in Omaha, Nebraska. We have Dr. Lee Merritt. Uh, wow, Lee's have, wonderful. I, I, yeah. I just interviewed her when we were together at the Healing for the Ages conference in, in Dallas, and we got together on a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to appear on her show later in the, in the month, but I'm glad you got her coming to what you're doing. Yeah, Dr. Merritt and I, I have a ton of respect for her because she's also local here in Omaha, and we've been, she's been in the trenches since day one with me, and I have a ton of love and respect for her. Uh, so she's coming to our event. We have Robert Hirschman. Uh, you know, he's kind of a controversial topic, but aren't we all? But he's a, he was the embalmer. He was the funeral director for, uh, uh, for 20 something years, a trade embalmer, but he's been finding a lot of interesting things and he's going to come up and kind of share what he's been finding. Uh, and so, and I believe what he's saying is true. Uh, and so we're going to have him, that's an event here in Omaha, November 18th. Okay. And, and let's see, the other online, talk to me about the, the film that we have linked up today in the show notes as well. It says the time is now dot movie. So that movie basically we put together about a year and a half ago or two years ago now, but it's trying to tell the story of COVID the best we can. I mean, the time is now is really in reference to the Benjamin Rush quote that you uh, you mentioned earlier. Um, and, I, and I said that quote too in one of my speeches that went viral, but basically that, that quote is, 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 is relative to the t today's time. I mean, we don't have a medical dictatorship right now. We have, or I'm sorry, we don't have medical freedom right now. We have a medical dictatorship right. knocking at our doorstep. And if we stay complacent, then we're letting them through the door. And so that movie is really there. I was thinking, okay, so who's going to write the history books on COVID? And that's, you know, that's something that uh, I, I wonder. And I want something out right now so can people can re, uh, resort back to and say, look, this is the documentary that goes against what the narrative was telling us or maybe what the history books have mm -hmm. written. And so we want to be able to tell the story from a different perspective uh, of the time is now. And so that's what it's there. Uh, we have some good people in that documentary. Uh, so we'd love to have you watch it and share it. So thank you for appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Lori asked, where can we register for the Omaha event you just mentioned? Yeah. So starting um we can't register yet but next week our ticket sales are going to go live we're only going to ask a small like ticket fee of like a 20 dollar ticket fee because we are renting out the venue we're going to bring in there are some additional costs for us so we just all we're doing is trying to break even on the event it's going to be a 20 dollar ticket price we're going to have it here in omaha and i will have a link here very soon uh eventbrite they canceled uh previous events for us and they seized the money which I'm a little bit leery to use them a third time, right? Uh, but we're trying to get a ticket uh, place that would be um, not kick us offline. So we will have that link up next week. So you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll post a link there to register. Oh, excellent. All right, uh, Dr. Tapper, what, what else uh, can you relate to us about the chiropractic profession? And this is a broader context question because as I am an advocate and appreciator of that, uh, the majority of chiropractic schools now mandate vaccination upon for entry. 
And I'm like, that is like completely an abandonment of, of, of the innate intelligence principle. Is it not? What's going on? Right. I mean, this guy right here, D.D. Palmer, wrote a, you know, he's the founder of chiropractic and B.J., his son. D.D. wrote a book and one of the green books talked about like, you know, how these vaccinations are blood poisoning concoctions and nobody will vaccinate my children or my family unless they do so over my dead body. We are abandoning a lot of this true health philosophy and, you know, it, really an epigenetic model. And we need to get back to that. And these vaccinations have no place in that epigenetic wellness paradigm. And, you know, chiropractors, naturopaths, fu functional medicine, people that have that philosophy, this is our time to rise and take the reins of healthcare. And I say this knowing full well that the soil for truth is rich because the people are starving for it. We have a massive opportunity. People are waking up to the pharmaceutical corruption and, the, and, and this whole, uh, you know, this craziness that's in the world right now. And, you know, it doesn't take a majority to prevail to really take the reins of this. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. encouraged by that quote by Sam Adams. You know, he said that it doesn't take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on sending brush fires of freedom in the minds of the people. Well, that applies to really medical freedom, any kind of oppression, really. And so that's the, the state we're in. We need to be proactive in this fight and being mm -hmm. bold and courageous and speaking the truth because the time is now for us now. to do so. All right, let's talk about, uh, dare we say it, the P word, politics for a moment. Yes. Uh, and of course, I know that you approach it from a spiritual perspective, as do I. That's a fundamental starting point in viewing the world. But in many ways, there's so much deception, overt deception in politics now uh, between the two dominant parties in America and the establishment Republicans are as bad as the establishment Democrats. There are people that certainly are independent of thought. Maybe they're still Republicans that are worthwhile and people that maybe a few of them, even the Democrats. Now we have the emerging uh, of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Bobby Kennedy, who, you know, as you said, you mentioned earlier with Children's Health Defense, and um, he has been uh, uh, attacked as a purveyor of disinfo, misinfo, et cetera, like uh, many of our friends, including Ty and Charlene Bollinger and uh, Sayer G. There's so many people that were on that list and many that were not that were in fact, like us, uh, deplatformed and banned from a number of different uh, outlets because of our belief or perspective, even though we were right and still are right about those things. Uh, so uh, we, we have the, the case of a man of seemingly great integrity in Bobby Kennedy. I've witnessed him over the years grow in, in recognizing the, the, the great harm that the vaccinations are doing, which was nothing to his benefit to take that on, right? As far as his career, his family, all of the relationships he had, I mean, all of that was challenged and still is to this day. He attempted to run as a Democrat, decided that they had it rigged against him. Ron Paul had that happen to him as a Republican. Uh, now he goes independent. And, you know, there are a lot of questions about his candidacy. You know him as well. And uh, your perspective on that and also impact on either the Democrat or Republican candidacies of whoever might be emerging. Right. So I campaigned for Ron Paul. So when he mentioned his name, I have a, you know, there's a soft spot in my heart, but also there's a lot of bitterness because I saw what happened during the RNC uh, 2012 during the Republican National Convention in 2012 and there's a lot of people that don't understand how that that whole process works and I've lost faith in our political system I hate to say it I feel like it's rigged it's not in our favor uh, you know they stole the, the election from Ron Paul back in 2012 yes I mean we, you know they they really did we they they re, they changed the rules at the National Convention to to really discourage Ron Paul from even having a speaking position. They replaced delegates on that Romney delegate. I mean, it was criminal what happened in 2012. I mean, I legit 
cried. I was a delegate for Ron Paul. And I was like, you just wait, he's going to win. He's going to have the delegates to win this. And the establishment panicked. They changed the rules. Yes. And you're seeing this with any candidate, grassroots candidate, or any candidate that has integrity, like Bobby Kennedy or any like Ron Paul, the establishment is going to do everything in their power to dis- to criminalize, to you know, demonize, and really discourage them from even uh, getting into that position. That's why Bobby Kennedy said, "Listen, the Democratic Party is not playing fair. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not really a Republican. I'm just a, a gun-toting Christian, God-fearing patriot that loves this country." And I realize that the two-party system is waiting to divide us. You know, the power is in the people, and I hate this compartmentalization with our people and politics. And it's that you see it in healthcare. We compartmentalize healthcare. We compartmentalize the body for ease of study. And that's the problem. We compartmentalize the people because it's easy to control them. We need to stop compartmentalizing these people and dividing people because all it is is them for the globalists to control us. They fear the the unification of the people. And that's um, and that's where the power lies. And we need to stop fighting each other and real and find our common ground. And, f- and what what do we want? We want freedom. We want liberty, right? And that's what we need to stand for. That's our common ground and get the government out of our lives. And that's my political take. Now, who, you know, you got, when I look at these debates too, it's like, you know, back, I learned a lot from campaign for Ron Paul because during these 90 minute debates, they'd give dumb and dumber the microphone. And then they would have Ron Paul speak for less than 45 seconds or less than a minute at tops in a 90 minute debate. In the you know the establishment is given their their pick on to get them given the microphone on who they want the people to to perceive as the the leader in the forefront here. And I remember seeing Mitt Romney you know go to these the same city Ron Paul would go to, and Mitt Romney might have 800 people their tops. And this is later on in the in the in the presidential race, and Ron Paul would fill the stadium of like 10,000 people. But they would say, oh, we have a new top tier. It's Michelle Bachman, Rick Santorum, and Mitt Romney. It's like and then you you have all these people that would parrot the TV. And I'm just like, well, people, wake up. You're being deceived. So campaigning for Ron Paul, I, I learned a ton, but I've also became discouraged at in the political side of things. But even though I'm very political, I'm still outspoken and fighting the fight and fighting for freedoms. You know, I don't put my faith in our political system because I feel like it's a broken system. That being said, um, I still support uh, – Ron, uh, Ron Paul or, you know, people that are going to run and who that I agree with, I will absolutely endorse them and I support them and I will, you know, contribute the best I can. But I, we are going up against a, uh, a Goliath. Uh, and, but again, God can do things. He can move mountains. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 but we are, we are going up against evil. Yeah. Well, Ben, I, you know, plant the seed. If you don't already know my friend Jonathan E. Moore running for the United States Senate in Virginia to displace Tim Kaine, the Hillary Clinton VP candidate lackey. Uh, he's got a great opportunity in Virginia where they have uh, a Republican governor now. That was kind of a weird, no one expected. Uh, and he's a man of great integrity. I've known him for well over 25 years. So it isn't a, a Johnny-come-lately politician. This is a guy who has lived and believed it. And he's take, taken on the FDA and defeated them in court eight times. No one has come close. So he knows the oligarchy. He knows how to uh, whoop him up. He's got, he used to write legislation for Ron Paul. And Ron Paul has endorsed him. And Ron Good. Paul doesn't endorse many people, even before the primary. So right. uh, if you have uh, some... Influence, which I know you do, please reach out to uh, Jonathan. I'd love to connect you to as well for a, a man that is doing good work in the midst of, yes, what he knows and we know. He's not naive about the corruption in politics. Yeah, love it. You know, that's the thing. It's it's uh, If he's endorsed by Ron Paul, then he's going to be endorsed by me. I love, you know, the Ron Paul people. We were a tight niche of people, and I'm sure we're on a list somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's, you know... The, 
the Ron Paul people, they know what's up. They, you know, especially if they read any of his books and the Fed and all those things. And, you know, I had no idea about the Federal Reserve until I came to Ron Paul. And that's the thing, too. We need politicians speaking out against the Federal Reserve. And if you do, you, you will probably be censored in silence, but you know you're over the target. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ben, I so appreciate just hanging out with you and chatting about all these things so easily. Uh, they flow out because it's like, you know, an extension of our, our perspective, experience, belief systems about these things. And, 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 you know, I will mention here, it doesn't mean that we have to agree on 100% of all things, because if that were the case, one of us wouldn't be necessary, right? This is the uniqueness right. of each of us, <laughs> that God created us each as individuals, and Amen. we experience life through our eyes, through our eyes, through our experience, and it, and, it, and it colors our world. That's the nature of reality, and if God created it that way, why would we condemn people with different beliefs? As long as they don't take those beliefs and use the force and fraud and deception and power of government to force me to live the way they want to believe. And that's why our founding fathers were so wise in saying, you know what, we, we, we need to minimize the possibility that they can do that. And we don't even want an established religion in America. We want the freedom of religion. Amen, and, and, you know, so for those that are afraid of people of faith, anybody who is of faith that I believe in integrity does not want a theocracy. Because the moment somebody shifts in, in power, that theocracy shifts to whatever they believe. You don't want that. Our founders, people came to America for a freedom of religion and not necessarily freedom from it. But again, not mandating it like we have the mandated church of pharmaceutical mysticism. Right. Right. Amen, brother. It's such a powerful tool. It's powerful. I mean, it's a, it's a pillar of this country. It's a major principle of this country. And it's an absolutely essential amendment that we need to fight for. So love it, brother. Love it. Your your uh, website we have tapperchiro.com. It looks like you're still seeing people, seeing patients coming in. You're giving on the ground, helping them in that way. A lot of folks that are doing what you're doing have said, "I've got no time to do that." So it sounds like you're not abandoning the basics with uh, with your patient interaction. Right. You know, it keeps me grounded. To be honest, it's one of those things where you know, serving people is one of the greatest things. Uh, gifts that we can do. Uh, there are my my Cheerios. There's my family there. But yeah, you know, serving people, putting hands on people, keeps me grounded. It's what where my passion is. Um, helping people get well. That's what it's all about. Uh, you know, and that's why I'm on this planet. You know, and you know, really, I got publicity because I spoke out because my convictions are uh, were greater than my complacency, my fear of persecution or what the fear of others. But really it's my heart that is caring for people. I care about the truth and I care for people. And I really mm-hmm. wanted to put my foot down when I saw that people were being deceived and being lied to. And so, you know, I, I am a doctor of chiropractic and I'm going to stay true to that. And that's my passion. That's what I'd love to do and be able to serve people. And so it does ground me out, uh, you know, and, and so that's really, uh, one of the greatest gifts we can do, though, is, is to serve others. And, and I never want to lose that. Mm. One other question in the political realm, because our buddy Kevin, in, he's in Israel with his family now. He says, how do you see Bobby Kennedy impacting either Democrats or Republicans in terms of the electorate or electorate? You know, my thing is anything that, that, that brings, I don't need to say it in a negative way, but lack of better way, damage to Democrats and Republicans in terms of the, uh, the establishment views of those parties would be a benefit. How do you describe 1% worse for Democrats? And one, I don't know how to answer that question. I think he's going to pull votes from both parties. I think he's going to pull, you know, I, 
I don't, I, you know, I like to think that he's going to hurt the, the Democratic Party more so than the Republicans. But I do believe, I know there's going to be a lot of Republicans that will probably vote for Bobby Kennedy, which I think will be a good thing. I mean, if anybody has a chance of winning the independent ticket, it's going to be Bobby Kennedy. But again, the establishment is, is up against him, uh, you know, and, you know, nobody's really trusting the mainstream media anymore. And I don't, and I think that uh, these debates are going to, they're, they're losing their, their traction, like they, they, you know, nobody's watching the debates anymore. And so uh, I think Bobby Kennedy does have a chance. I was a little bit disheartened when I heard him say he's going to run for an independent because I just think that we're such a, there's such a stronghold on the two party system, but I do think that he's going to pull votes from both parties. Yeah. Well, I agree. Again, I don't know what percentage more than the other. I don't know who knows that for sure. Uh, Speculation on both sides in that regard. All right, right, Dr. Tapper, uh, like I said, you you have that event in uh, Omaha, Nebraska coming up. Uh, Tickets next week. Um, Just let us know. I'll be happy to let people know about it when you have a link uh, as well. And I hope to connect with you at any event in the future as well. Anything I can do to help you, you let me know. Yeah, Robert. Well, thank you. It's so good to see you. Good to hear from you, brother. God bless you. And thank you, Kevin, if you're listening. Thank you, brother, for hooking us up on this show. So thank you, Robert. Yeah, you got it. Dr. Ben Tapper on the Robert Scott Bell Show here on 10-10-23. Those of you listening or watching live, links are up in the show notes this very day, or if you come back to it from a later date, you can always come back and learn about the things we've discussed and the links therein. Uh, Dr. Tapper's doing extraordinary work. I appreciate him so very much. He's got that innate intelligence oozing from every pore of his body. (laughs) And I appreciate that. We need more of that. Believe me, we need more of that. All right, we got a homeopathic hitter today. Did I neglect to mention that we're going to do you know, every day on the show when we got a new show? I'm doing a homeopathic hit. And if it's a rerun, now a lot of them, because we've been doing this for a while now, I don't know how long, you get reruns of homeopathic hits, which reinforce what I'm trying to share with you about the medicine of creation, which includes, yes, homeopathy, which takes the essence of things that were created by God and converts them into their metabolic or energetic form for utilization by the body safely. And this is something that's so very important as the pharmaceutical industrial complex and that which it is owned and controlled are trying to eliminate it as a medicine that you can trees. Why? It's the economic stranglehold and the monopoly they have over the treatment for disease. And this is not good for you or me or America or anybody that believes in freedom or health and healing. Even if you don't believe in homeopathy, do you believe in freedom enough to allow those that do or want to, to access it? And if you then say, well, no, I don't believe in it because I believe if somebody uses or avails themselves of a homeopathic remedy, they are neglecting a real medicine approved by the FDA that could also kill them. (laughs) I, I think it's an absurd notion that you would say that's a higher ground to take. Whereas taking the FDA-approved pharmaceutical drugs that are toxic by definition appropriately can kill you and often does. Third leading cause of death, maybe the second or first. That's allopathic modern medicine with all its pseudoscience attached to it that is really sorcery, not science. Double-blind placebo-controlled studies comes out of the notion of, uh, uh, you know, the development of homeopathy in Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, placebo-controlled studies. Fascinating. Understood the concept of a placebo, belief about something that could impact your life, your health, your physical body. And why is that a bad thing? If you can get well by belief, is that horrible? Well, it is. It's horrible for modern medicine and their patent medicines based on petrochemical intoxication of your body and the body of children everywhere. And if we take it out to the warfare mentality of what we're seeing around 
with bullets flying and missiles flying and bombs exploding, remember that the medical industrial complex may be more devastating than the military one because it even attacks those that are engaged in military action. For those of you who believe in, you know, a, de- a strong national defense and believe there's a constitutional role for the armed forces, not in occupation necessarily or conquering other lands based on, uh, you know, the, 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 the wants and desires of globalists, but in a constitutional role when there's a declaration of war by the people's house or an imminent threat to defend America and Americans, much less any country's desire to do that for themselves. The question is, do you think it's a good strategy to attack your own soldiers before they ever engage in defending you or your nation. And modern medicine is basically, uh, it owns and controls the Department of Defense and the Pentagon as well. So the question is, which is more dangerous? I think it's the medical one, even as we're seeing kinetic wars uh, pop up everywhere, because they're the kind of quiet wars under the guise of helping you and healing you, which is much more deceptive than modern warfare. Even though some have argued, well, we, we can go to war preemptively to prevent war. I mean, that's a big lie, too. Okay, with that, let's do the homeopathic hit of the day, and we'll see what else is going on in the chat room. Questions, comments, Super Don, here it is. The homeopathic hit today, ferrum phosphoricum. Ferrum phosphoricum, and that is Latin for iron phosphate. And let's see about this, because there's a downloadable PDF document that is produced here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, free for your indulgence And if you feel so inclined to support us through Patreon or other means, just share us because we're giving you more than your money's worth, which is nothing because it's free. The show you can listen to for free. (laughs) The Robert Scabell Show Homeopathic Hits, Ferrum Foss, the remedy for early stages of inflammation. This brief guide will address this Ferrum Foss, particularly effective for treating things like these early stages of inflammation, including fevers. Ferrum phos is derived from iron phosphate. This is not water-soluble technically, but it can be triturated until it can become uh, diluted via succussion, the process of dilution and succussion at a certain point. And if we talk about key characteristics, remember, this is just a brief introduction. It cannot be comprehensive or else I'd do two hours every day on homeopathy and you would be bored out of your minds trying to follow it. So the idea here is to give you a brief intro to say, oh, that's not too intimidating. That sounds like an interesting remedy. Maybe I should open a Materia Medica and look further and one at a time, right? How do you eat an elephant? Sorry, vegetarians, one bite at a time. Just, you know what I'm saying? Physical, ferrum foss, often used for conditions like low-grade fevers, early stages of colds and minor injuries, and can help in cases of excess iron in the body, interestingly enough. When you have a mental state question, individuals needing ferrum phos might experience fatigue and a general sense of weakness. I would argue, once again, iron in excess creates inflammation, rusting, tiredness, on and on it goes. So ferrum phos could be indicated, again, based on the concept of like curing like. And in addition to those physical symptoms, sometimes it's indicated for ear infections, ferrum phos. Now, you'll see when I get into the expanded uh, other remedies to consider, one of the ones that's sort of related to this that I like so much that I, you know, will keep coming back to for until you get it right and get it and use it. Primary use is early stages of inflammation, effective for dealing with low-grade fevers, early stages of colds, even minor injuries. Respiratory issues used for conditions like bronchitis and sinusitis, particularly in the early stages. Again, early. Think about early stages, aconite, right? But it's probably a little later than aconite. Lower attenuations or potency, 6X to 30C. 
suitable for acute, like low-grade fevers, early stages of colds. When you go into medium and high potencies, used for more severe chronic issues, of course, consult with a qualified homeopath uh, for the best use of ferrum at higher doses or potencies, let's just say that. And that brings me to the complementary remedies section, including belladonna, which we talk about using with ferrum for children too. Belladonna is the remedy for children and fevers, but ferrum you'll often see earaches and fevers in kids. So if you have high fevers that progress there or severe inflammation, ferrum could be considered. Cali muriaticum. I don't believe we've done that remedy yet. Cali mur, and that complements ferrum in treating respiratory issues, especially when there's thick mucus discharge. Again, this is a brief intro. Consider other things. So you go, oh, it doesn't match exactly this ferrum phosphorus. What else can I look for? And then what I add to this is phosphorus, the classic phosphorus remedy indicated for systemic inflammation and fevers, especially in adults, though. You know, that it doesn't mean kids couldn't use it, but belladonna is usually the one that would nail it in that case. So while ferrum is generally say as a homeopathic remedy, of course it is. Uh, if you've got a chronic or severe condition, please consult with a healthcare provider that it, you know you can utilize and trust and feel good about, or a homeopathic professional. So as we wrap up here on this homeopathic hit of the day in ferrum fos, it's a versatile homeopathic remedy, particularly for early stages of inflammation and fevers. And please keep tuning into the Robert Scott Bell Show every day. We got a live new show we plan to do, and we're doing pretty well with a different homeopathic hit each day. And remember, this is not replacing medical advice. It's not uh, telling you what to do. It's information and educational. And I believe you have a right to know these things and act on the information or not act on it according to your belief system and freedom. So thank you all for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We got a, still got a few more minutes, Super Don. We're doing well today. I feel like we we're need ahead. Usually, Usually we're out of time. We don't have enough time. I know. I don't know what it is, but there's so much more to consider. And maybe there are people out there in the audience right now that are going, hey, what's up with this? Or I don't know if there's anything going on, but it is such a day over this past weekend with the inflammation in terms of warfare and horrific heinous acts that, you know, cause us to have, you know, great fear, trepidation, angst, anger, disappointment, as I mentioned, being disappointed in humanity. Um, You know, I I wonder, uh, again, you know, how, how we get out of this. I tried to posit some thoughts and possible uh, pathways that, you know, maybe haven't been tried so fully and not in a naive way, because as much as I love peace and loathe war, I recognize that we have an obligation to defend life. And there are times where it's ugly and, and life on planet earth is not so nice. So how do we make peace with that much less actually make actual peace? Uh, one is, uh, uh, bigger than you and I, and mm-hmm. we have no control over it really. <laughs> no direct. The other control, yeah. we do, yeah. right. Ourselves mm-hmm. versus what's happening on the other side of the globe. Um, yeah. and again, you know, the point that I make, and this is just kind of what the takeaway for me is I'm more concerned about what's happening here at home Yeah, in our own backyard. Right. And it's, it's, that it goes with what you're saying. You know, that's where we have the most, uh, control and impact. So have, Make peace with yourself first. Yeah, find yeah. peace in your life. And, right. and, you know, it's hard because a lot of this stuff directs our, our focus of attention outward. And, and, and why wouldn't it? I mean, my gosh, you're looking at the planet. We're all sharing the planet, even though it may be far from us. Although our buddy Kevin is in Israel with his family in, uh, in the northern part of Israel, where it's not as direct. But my gosh, it's more direct than most of you listening in uh, the United States or Canada or elsewhere, Australia, New Zealand, or, you know, the various parts of Europe. But you're not far from it with Ukraine. Uh, although again, I find it strangely t- the timing 
that the moment Congress says, I think we're going to pull back the reins on funding, you know, unlimited funds for Ukraine, suddenly, boom, look what explodes uh, in the Middle East. Uh, You know, as I said, the war war making machinery, uh, maybe war faking as well. um, The bankers wars, all wars are bankers wars. Consider all of that, how the debt is untenable and how do they distract us from the monetary policy? More war, more fear mongering, more fighting, more anger, more angst, more hatred. All of that plays a role to distract us from what's vitally important in order to function healthfully, healthfully, and yes, spiritually on this planet. And perhaps we might get tired enough of war that we might actually you know, turn it, turn over a new leaf or turn the cheek and do it, do it, do it better, do it right. And yes, I know that people can take that very superficially and say, Robert, you're, you know, in a naive peacenik. That's I'm not saying that's a naive. Kumbaya, my lord. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I hope you're not taking it that way, but I recognize these words can be taken in many different Dude, ways. Dude, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing to think about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yeah. someday. I don't know. I mean, people yeah. have been saying that for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, this this thing that's going on in Israel right now. It's not like suddenly uh, some Palestinians mm-hmm. woke up one day and said, "You know what? I man, I don't really like those people in Israel. Let's go bomb them or something." Mm-hmm. No, I mean, this has been going on, you know, for. Yeah, but a lot of it's manipulated. Hundreds, thousands of years? Yeah, yeah. long yeah. time. Yeah. But people left alone of their own accord have an inclination to find a way to live in peace, even if they don't like each other, oh, yeah. because living it in war is not an ideal state to live in, short-term right. or long-term, uh, preferably. I, I see that. Uh, let's see. We've got some uh, viewers there in the chat room. Uh, Panasana 507 says Materia Medica has been shipped. There's someone who's been inspired perhaps by our daily homeopathic hits to get a material. There you go. The Boriki is the one I prefer and use. This is, uh, this one's a heavily used Boriki Materia Medica. You see how thick it is. You know, look, every time we hit one of these remedies, Super Don, it's, it's really bare bones refined to a few things because to go into everything would be just way too much, even for one remedy a day. So the quick hits are for the purpose of introducing you to an, an intriguing, piquing your interest to go yep. further. Yeah. So that's and cool. And as soon as things quiet down, we'll start doing some quick hits on some other stuff too. I yeah, really like, I really like the idea. Detox dialogues. That'll right? be next. But. Yeah. Eduardo says, hi, RSB on fasting. Is it okay to drink coconut water throughout the day? Well, yeah. As long as you have a true coconut water that is not, you know, added sugars, which some of them are, you're, you're largely getting electrolytes and hydrating. So I have no problem with that. You know, as I've said in my weekly fast, I do. Do you start, like the taste of coconut water? I love it. Yeah. For me, I'm a coconut. I'm it, crazy it, for coconut. It, it, it's, it has a viscosity to it, which is kind of interesting. Yes. But it's you like know? aloe vera. You can refine it to the point where it's like thin like water, basically, if you but want. But it still has like a like a a different consistency to it. Aren't you sensitive, Super Don? <laughs> my so wife yes. my wife drinks it like every day she loves, it, she yeah. loves the coconut water yeah. yeah and by the way i still start my my fast with uh, uh cardio miracle uh because it facilitates the autophagy process which is one of the enhancements of function when you fast intermittent or longer fasts uh so yeah no problem with a uh, little coconut water personally i mean some people are doing different kinds of fast but overall i think it is of benefit uh so thanks for the question eduardo that's a good one uh let's see hannah Patterson says over a thousand pages, the material medica you got. Yeah. I'm telling you, would you normally buy that? It's like, it's too intimidating, but I'm so glad that you're loving it. And, uh, and you love coconut water too. <laughs> and the coconut meat. Yeah. I like all coconut stuff. 
In fact, the French fries that I eat when I go out are organic and they're fried in organic coconut oil. You got to try them. They're amazing. Oh, Super Don might say, oh, the viscosity is not. Right. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Cooking is different. Oh, my God. You're not drinking. Yeah, it. you probably don't like pineapple on your pizza either. <laughs> we would like, oh, let's not go there again. That, <laughs> now, talk about hey, a war, man. That, yeah, that, right? that, that, right. that lasted at least a couple of months here on the show. We were having peaceful conversation, and I bring up pineapple on pizza. That's oh, right. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. yeah it's all Amazing. over, man. Wow. It's all God. over. So, hey, you like you like uh, uh, baseball. Yes. Oh, you're a baseball fan. We can actually fan. talk baseball for a moment. Just a real quick, because we only have a couple minutes here before the end of the thing, but I came across a story I thought was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember from my childhood, I, I remember watching the uh, Dodgers, the L.A. Dodgers, mm-hmm. and I thought they were kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to remember. What was the name of the, the famous uh, coach? Tommy Lasorda. Uh, Lasorda, dude, that yeah. that guy was cool. <laughs> he used to get the fights with yeah. the the refs and stuff like that. Well, I just happened to see this. Check this out. Guess who's running for Diane Feinstein's seat? Oh, let me see. Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey. Yes. Was, was he third baseman or first baseman? I don't remember. remember? Uh, but I know he played. He was. He was. Dude was. Uh, was dude, a if star. I remember, Garvey right? has forearms as big as my thighs. Yeah, he was he was, he was a big deal. Strong uh, dude, yeah, and he, he played. I think he played for the Padres too for a little. He's bit, running as an as a Republican in a, Republican. You know, a Democrat state. Good luck to Harvey. I mean Garvey. Yeah. I'm sorry, Steve Garvey. That's cool. Not Steve Harvey. No. Yeah. Right. And Steve now Harvey. you know the rest of the story. Was that Steve Harvey? Wasn't was it? it? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't it? I don't. Wasn't think that so. Steve Harvey? No. Was that somebody else? That's. Uh, I thought the that was the story with. Uh, Steve Harvey. I think there's a comedian named Steve Harvey. Well, who am I thinking of then? Well, somebody will have to tell us in the bonus oh, round. Because we got to take a break. <laughs> we got more baseball to discuss the light and the light. I thought burden. Steve Harvey was the guy that. Yeah. We're going to look at that and find out in the bonus round. Y'all, thank you for being here. Thanks to Dr. Ben Tapper. And thanks to our first time guest in, in uh, the first hour. Uh, that was uh, Tori Jensen. And, uh, you know, listen, it's a serious broadcast day, Super Donna, and we need Paul to Harvey, Paul not Harvey, Steve Harvey. Yeah. All right, fine. See? So it, Steve I had Harvey, Harvey I right? He's a comedian, but we'll get to that, too. <laughs> Folks, God bless you all for being here. Please share the love. Be the love. Use your creative imagination to out create the bad guys that want you in fear and all that it entails in the midst of some things that we have to cover. that are very serious here on the show and around the world. I thank you so much for being here. Please share the show. And if you love what you're getting and you think it's worth something, please support us through Patreon or other ways. And uh, we'll be back with more powerful healing after the break with the bonus round. In the meantime, I remind you, it's the God's honest truth. Now, how you interpret this is up to you. The power to heal is yours. So, yes, Steve Harvey would be the African-American comedian <laughs> who is the host of Family Feud yes. and does a bunch of other stuff and did a great stand-up back in the day. Paul Harvey is the guy that used to do the news thing uh, every day that uh, was was great to listen to. Yes. Um, passed away a number of years ago. And Steve Garvey is the... Got the, the star baseball player from back in the 80s, yes. I am comfortable with the reality, the statement that I'm about to make, that no other show has made a mistake such as Steve Garvey, Steve Harvey, <laughs> and Paul Harvey in one segment ever. I think we've done something never before accomplished hey, in the man. history of broadcast media. Yeah. I'm pretty certain about that. 
You get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, another Steve, Steve McCaffrey, says, reminds me, because I forget, when we started the homeopathic hits, he said uh, September 1st. September 1st. So we're almost October. We're almost two. Well, we're what? Only 40 days, 30 to 40 episodes in. I don't know how many actually, but. Uh, and there's still loads to go, hundreds of remedies. Tons to go. I've yeah. got a huge list. Yeah. So, so dude. Anyway, so listen, I, you know, something we did not bring up yet. Um, mm. we, we lost had, we lost a, 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 a super fan of the Robert Scott Bell Show, patron supporter, and we're in mourning uh, with uh, DJ Katie Organic. Yep. You all know she was very active in the chat room. She would participate with the patron, uh, you know, AMAs occasionally as well. And um, her husband had you know, reached out to us and through Super Don, we found out that she had, you know, was ailing tremendously. And, I, you know, I still don't fully understand what all happened there. And I uh, reached out, and, you know, we were praying and, and sending all the love we could. And uh, apparently she lost the battle with with the physical body of life. I, I know that she's okay, but, you know, mourning is her husband as well. And uh, I, I you, says, you know, what words do you have? But oh my gosh, I believe know. it was a day before her birthday. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, hey, I know I know some people had been concerned, and you know, when when it was first mentioned that you know she wasn't doing well. So I just wanted to give at least give that update in case they hadn't uh, hadn't heard about it. Yeah, and if. Uh, <sighs> You know, if there is a, a you know a message that comes out of it, because there's a lot of things that were going back and forth, and it, and it surrounds the you know the final statement of the show that I've said every show, every hour of every show that I can remember for the most part, and it's on the shirt. The power to heal is yours. But what does that mean? You know, if we break that down, it's just like anything that we do in media or or in communication. We communicate an idea. I communicate an idea. How it's received is different for each of us. You know, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? Uh, suffice it to say, I, I don't believe it means that we are any uh, one of us is an island unto ourselves. You know, when I say the power to heal is yours, you can think of it in terms of, oh, well, it's mine, right? As if it's nobody else's. Or if that means nobody else can help me. That's not my intent in communicating that. But again, how do you receive these messages? Uh, if we were... Um, you know, so concerned about how our message would be received, we would never communicate because we'd be too worried. It could be misinterpreted or interpreted in a zillion ways, many of which we would never conceive of. And and, and yet that power, and I remember having these discussions with Liam Sheff, who would, you know, counter me and go, well, the power to heal really isn't yours. If it was, then, you know, name the person who wouldn't be dead today, you know. But my perspective on life goes beyond the life of the physical body that we inhabit that power coming from God or creator and our real existence transcends and supersedes and goes beyond and even precedes the creation of the physical body. And that doesn't mean I take it for granted or take it any less as an import or importance to preserve this physical body as long as you're in it and, and have it. And it's so easy to misinterpret any of these statements. I acknowledge that. But healing continues long after the body has perished, is gone, and recycled into you know the next life, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that kind of thing. But as I said, many of my guests here, including Ben Tapper, acknowledges you know that we are created of God, born of God, and we inhabit a body. We're, we're spiritual beings having human experiences, and they're temporary and temporal on the time scale. 
and we have a time and then it's done. Now, there are various beliefs about what happens after you die. That I know. I'm not here to convince you one way or the other. People, whether you believe it from reading the Bible or you've had personal experiences like I've had of dying and coming back, you know, the supposedly near-death experiences or what are some are calling spiritually transformative experiences, STEs, to recognize the immortality of soul, of who you really are, who I really am, not this body. Now, many people don't have that perspective and I don't condemn them. I don't hate them. I think for me in my experience, it'd be a sad place to believe that you go to the dirt and you, you take the eternal celestial dirt nap as talk show host <laughs> call it. Uh, and, and it was interesting too, if you remember the Sunday conversation from a, a week ago, I mean, we had Meryl Nass on for this past Sunday, but the week before that was at Healing Strong. And shout out to Susie Griswold and the family for inviting me. It was amazing. But uh, we had uh, Mary Beth Gonzalez on. And I thought that was fascinating, my discussion with her about Nick, things that I didn't know about his beliefs, because Nick believed that he would go into the dirt and be waiting for Jesus' return, and then he'd be revitalized. And then in talking to some of the other spiritual religious friends of, of Mary Beth that knew them both, uh, and what, I forget who it was that said it to Mary Beth, I think he said, he said, yeah, Nick is was probably pleasantly surprised that he's alive and well and doing wonderful work right now. I didn't have to wait, in other words, after death. Uh, but again, those are, uh, you know, spiritual concepts or belief systems that some say you can never prove. And I recognize that from a, a materialist, re reductionist kind of skeptical manner, but it isn't my intent to prove it to you, except to share with you my experience. And this is what I believe or why I believe it. And if it inspires you to look deeper, great. If it doesn't, hey, well, that's part of what we do on this show. Some of it, it's like take it or leave it. I'm not here to beat you over the head with a stick of any kind. Uh, but I will encourage you, uh, you know, to uh, maybe look deeper at things that you might not have considered based on, you know, and Super Don might too, I think. I think, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so anyway, I, but, but again, the loss of a, a friend, a loved one, it always hurts for those of us who are left behind. I have no concern for them. Those who have left, they're fine for the most part. Although, you know, the Bill Gates of hells of the world might have to go through some stuff after they leave this place. I didn't hear about this. Did you? What? Another unexpected passing about a week ago is health radio podcaster Patrick Timpone. No, I didn't hear that. I did not hear too. about that. Oh, my gosh, Steve. That's a shock to me. I did not know that. I didn't know he was, was a, ill. What happened? Yeah. He was a fellow uh, health talk guy. He's he's one of the uh, one of the the OGs, OGs of health yeah. talk radio. Yeah, he's been around about as long as I have, and continued on through it all. Nope. Patrick Timponi, is that right? Well, find a link to that because I need to reach out to whoever his family or friends are because I yeah. knew Patrick and I didn't know I hadn't been in touch with him in a while, and that's a shock to me. Now, were you on his show or was he on yours? Both. Was it both? Yeah. And yeah. Well, I don't think that must have been before me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I I knew of him. I mean, he was he was one of those guys that you know always showed up when you were looking up health shows. Yeah, back in the day when I was doing extensive research, research on health on shows, shows because yeah. I wanted to know who was who else was doing this. Um, he was right there, uh, and a big one. Yeah, very popular. Uh, show. Was there an announcement at one radio network about the passing? Uh, let me see what I can find. It, at the top of it, I see his banner for One Radio Network and Patrick's picture. 
Click here to listen to live shows, archive streaming, our beloved. Okay, here it is. Down As we scroll down, go to that page, and then you'll see our beloved host, friend, son, brother, uncle, workmate, colleague, neighbor, translated from this life and went back in the arms of our creator peacefully and without fanfare over the weekend. One of the sweetest and most generous souls ever. His bright light is somewhat dark. In this somewhat dark world will truly be missed. We will always love you, Patrick. Patrick J. Timponi, November 7th, 1946 to October 2nd. Uh, 2023. May the blessings be. God bless you, my brother, Patrick Timponi. I did not know of this. And that so that happened, uh, uh, what are we, the 10th now? So eight days ago. I, October I not, 2nd, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize he was born in 46. He was 20 years older than me. Uh, you know, I, I, here's the thing. When I, uh, you know, I'd seen who he was. Yeah. And then one day I tuned in to his yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And he was very older sounding. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wow, okay." He well, looks. He, he, he he's obviously older than he looks. Yes, because um, yeah. he doesn't. He didn't look that old. No, he didn't. Um, so, and listen, he had a good show. Yes. Not, not you know, not to be critical of somebody. I just found out they died, but no, um, it, it was a very mellow show soothing. his voice uh, was, was more but, soothing than mine. yeah really yeah. I mean, honestly yeah. you couldn't listen to that show without i mean if you had high anxiety just listen to a show you will relax yes uh, totally 100 yeah. percent. he yeah. brought that kind of energy and i loved him for that yeah uh, you know we need that too so it's, yeah. a, it's a great loss for us uh again uh, and the industry really mm -hmm. you know i mean it's mm -hmm. um you're you're in a you're kind of a, a, a shrinking class there yeah mr oh, og my gosh yeah. Well, I, like I said, I didn't know. I wasn't sure what happened there, but uh, uh, thank you for letting me know. And so we can actually. So I wonder what's going on with his show now. Yeah. And one radio network. I know he had other people that co-hosted with him and stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to reach out and find out what, yeah. what's going on there too. Yep. Oh, wow. What a day. Well, thanks for that heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, oh man. <sighs> All right. Uh, there's Breathing. some words there. Darren says he told truth. No one steers. This one steers away from that. He what? told truth. This one steers away from that. Damn, I don't Th know. This one. What? This one. Which one? <laughs> which one? Yeah. You talking about this show? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Again, everybody's got an okay. opinion. Okay. All right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This one steers away from that. Mm. All right. His good friend Sharon made a short video on the bitch. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. I see All some right. questions of the day for tomorrow. Do you see the one from Janice on Leviquin? Yeah, I got that on email right before we went to air. So uh, we'll, we'll get that we'll tomorrow, I think. Put that in tomorrow. That's show. pretty intense. And there's, uh, let's see. So, and she actually added a part two on that disc slip. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah. So we got to hit that skeletal issue tomorrow on the show. Uh, we'll do that. Yeah, you could submit questions and comments at robertscottbell.com or you can call us and leave us a message at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. Uh, let's see, Darren. Okay, here we go. Uh, this was the follow-up. This one, oh, the whole virus thing being fake. Y'all leave that alone that days. Oh, Darren, I think, uh, you know, if you listen to the show enough, you know that I, I've covered virus stories and issues and my perspective on viruses and what they are or are not. So uh, are, is Darren saying that the virus is fake or that it's not fake? 
Yeah, I think Darren is of the camp that the virus is fake. Is fake. And, okay. and you know, I am I tend more to agree with that perspective, you, you know? know. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. And there are other people on this show that you've had on that, mm-hmm. that agree with that. And then there's other people that don't agree with it. But yeah. I don't see how that's a bad thing, having more than one perspective on a show. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know. Yeah, you know where I am with the law of the terrain versus the germ theory. Because there are did, people that listen to this show that feel differently about different things. Well, know? and what they did with so-called virus, you know, in terms of engineering or synthetically engineering mRNA right. to alter protein, you know, well, basically DNA uh, conformation, if you will. Um yeah, it's all synthetic in that regard. But yeah, I mean, I've been on the record saying viruses are not the cause of disease. And one day we'll look back and go, we screwed up completely on what we believe viruses were. Right. But, um, well, yeah, Don says it almost killed him. Look, we've talked about this, Don. You know, you can have a belief about what it was. I mean, what is not in dispute that something almost killed you. Right. Now, whether you want to. If you notice or- that whenever I bring that up too, what do I say? Mm hmm. I say COVID or yeah. whatever it was. Or whatever it was, right. I accommodate everybody. Say, you know, I don't know. I can tell you what I think. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, here we go again. It's this. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, synthetic toxic proteins. Now, some people might call them viruses. Some people might call them toxins. Some might people call them bioengineered toxins. Again, we're talking about what people are calling it being offensive to some and not to others or a perception and belief of what it is. And someone says, it's this, it's not that, it's not that, it's, it's this. But, you know, we got hardcore people of beliefs, various beliefs. And we can talk about that in terms of religion, which is, you know, I enjoy speaking to people of faith, all faiths on this show, not to convert or condemn or even promote necessarily, but that it's fascinating to me to learn about people's belief systems and why they have them. And in terms of my belief about germs or viruses versus not, I recognize I'm probably in the minority still. Uh, my perspective is different and distinct. But if I would, you know, stop every time somebody said the word virus and said, I'm sorry, viruses don't exist or whatever, we yeah. wouldn't. And I'm sorry if you people. can't, ign- if you don't agree with yeah. me, we I can't talk to you. You know, yeah. it's just like, yeah, uh, you know, and well, come Darren on. now says there's no synthetic mRNA either. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have a difference of perspective and belief in those things evolve over time. And you know what, Darren? Yeah. We love you. Yeah, we love you anyway. We're glad you're here. That's okay. Um, because it, we don't have to agree on everything mm-hmm. uh, to get along. I, I, believe it or not, that yeah. is still possible, even though there are some people that want you to believe that, that is no longer exists. Right. I, I, I believe that we should be the resistance, right? We mm-hmm. should be the, the underground resistance on that whole thing and show people that we can, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and it doesn't make one person better than the oh, other. Good or Lord. Darren here is going there. All right. You can't recognize it because your livelihood depends on it. Well, if I was a virologist, I would agree with you. But my livelihood doesn't depend on what I believe about viruses. I mean, if you could tell me where it does, I'll be happy to discuss it with you. What uh, livelihood is sure. he talking about? <laughs> That's like a talking point. That's a statement that I would agree with when you talk about certain people or entities. But uh, if you're accusing me of not talking about viruses the way you want me to talk about viruses. Because that's going to affect your, your livelihood. Uh, no, your I can't livelihood? see it. Maybe, maybe I have a blind spot. You can tell me where, what will I lose if I say viruses are not the cause of disease, which I've said many times. You're going to be an mRNA shill next, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm sure you've read his work, but do you talk about it on here? Well, if I don't talk about what you want me to talk about, then I'm a bad guy. I'm an enemy. Darren, dude, well, I try to cover to a talk lot about? of stuff. What is it? What is it? Stephen Lanka. He's talking about Stephen Lanka. Who's Stephen Lanka? I don't know. We who had that him is. on the show. I mean, we've had people on that were totally in that perspective, and I don't have a problem with doing it again and again and again. Dude, we've had people on talking about UFOs and 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 you know, total like like way out there stuff. In fact, I, if, it doesn't if, mean if time permits. Later this week, I'm yeah. going to have uh, another discussion on that topic as well. Uh, but listen. Darren, I don't know uh, if you're carrying around a, a lot of anger on this issue, and, and I get it if you are because you're in the minority, and that doesn't mean you're wrong. Uh, it's just like how many shows cover any or all of these things or any of them at all? And if you want to cover this more, I would say start your own show and hit it and hit it hard and gather an audience. And I would I'd probably tune in, too, to hear what you have to say or join you on the show and talk about it. But Stephen, the idea that this show should only be about that thing? No, it's just not what we're about. No. Yeah. We touch on all kinds well, he, of things. If he, Even, hasn't, if he hasn't been on my show, I'd welcome him on my show, just so you know. So there hasn't been an overt attempt to stop him from being on it. It hasn't come across, and I can't book everybody. So, Kevin, if you're still with us in Israel, Stephen Lanka, let's get him on. German no biologist who's known for his controversial views on the existence of viruses, including the measles virus. In 2015, mm -hmm. he offered a reward of 100,000 euros. We talked about him. To yeah, anyone yeah. who could prove the existence of the measles virus. Mm -hmm. However, in 2016, a German court ordered him to pay the reward to a doctor, ouch, mm -hmm. who provided evidence that the virus exists. Yeah, That's the problem with with uh, issuing rewards. Sometimes even if, if uh, it isn't truly proven, if somebody yeah. can say that it was, then you're kind of screwed. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, the thing is we would never say no to having him on. I don't I think mean, we, we would. No, no, no. I know we wouldn't. So. I just, but uh, I'm just saying, if you yeah. want to be a squeaky wheel to get him on, I'm happy to have him on. Does he live then, in Germany? But this show, um, this show is not about that alone. I don't do a show on one thing and one thing only. And man, I probably done more shows in broadcast media on that subject than just about anybody. Maybe Patrick Tamponi did a lot more and that's fine. I love Patrick. And I'm sorry this, to see that he's no longer with us in the physical sense, but his shows will live on as well. Uh, but uh, this is my show <laughs> and I get to do what I want on it. And yeah, that includes that topic. So yeah, if we can get him on, I would get him on. And, and we have talked to other people from Europe on this issue as well, as, including that the measles doesn't exist. I just don't remember if it was that guy or not. My wife would have to look at the database to confirm it. We're upwards of, uh, I think, over 2,800 guests now over the 24 plus years heading into our 25th year uh show darren take a breath dude it's all good yeah i was just i was just trying to find out some information about him yeah. so. look darren's intense on this i get it, is. it. that's you know, all right it's like all good dude marginalized because of it we're not dude. marginalizing you for it that's if not you if all. you had sent me an email or you'd said hey get him on and i said screw it. yeah all right see you later dude bye, -bye. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right. Yeah. Well, that filled some time. Yeah, that was okay. a good, good bonus <laughs> round in, interaction of intensity. Can I talk a little bit more baseball now? Sure. Why not? Dude, I'm telling you, you know, we're Atlanta Braves fans, mm -hmm. my wife and I. And, you know, coming back, 
Watch, we were watching the game, and it looked bad. They lost. They got shut out in the first game, 3 nothing by Philadelphia. And last year, they got knocked out in this division round, even though they were like the better team overall. But in the playoffs, Philadelphia got hot, and it looks like they're coming in super hot. They they shut out the Braves' bats, which is the number one offense in the history of baseball, just about equivalent to like the 1927 Yankees going back in the history of baseball, a 501 slugging percentage. It's like ridiculous. And they come in, they got shut out game one, and through like four or five innings of game two, maybe six innings, they were shut out. It was looking really bad. And then suddenly Ronald Acuna gets around and he scores from first base. It was crazy. It was like, oh, they got one run. It's down like 4-1. And then uh, Travis Darno, this little catcher they have, hits a home two-run homer. It's 4-3. And then um, their uh, third baseman, um, Austin. Uh, what's his name? Help me out. It's not Steve Austin. Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, Austin Riley. Uh, is that it? Right. Riley hits know. a two run Homer and they're up five, four. And then the bottom of the ninth comes around, or I'm sorry, top of the ninth, the Braves pitcher, they were going to bring on uh, their, uh, their shutdown closer. This is boring for everybody else, but uh, tr trust me, if you watch this play, it's the craziest thing at the end of the game here. They got one out, oh, a man on first, uh, Bryce. El uh, who's Bryce on second. Who What's uh, I don't know. Who's on third. Yeah. Okay. And, and so they bring in their, uh, their cl shutdown closer, Ryle Iglesias. Pitches to the next guy who hits this bomb out to right center field. And this guy, Money Mike, Mike, uh, I forget all these names, but he's running out to get it. Bryce uh, Harper, I'm sorry, Bryce Harper, not Bryce Elder. He might be the pitcher tomorrow. But Bryce Harper on the Phillies starts running because he thinks it's not going to be caught. And he runs around past second base. And miracle of miracle, Mike catches it in center field against the wall throws it back to the infield. In the meantime, Bryce Harper has to haul ass on second base all the way back to first. It gets to Austin Riley, the third baseman, who fires it to the first baseman. And he's out. A double play to end the game. The wildest double play I've ever seen in, in the playoffs. And they won 5-4. It was so exciting. It was like, even if you weren't a, a Braves fan or whatever fan, it was just an exciting game to finish up that way. So it's a 1-1 tie. And... uh you know, that's why sports is fun because it removes you from all of the craziness that, yes, you can say is very serious going on on the planet. Occasionally you need that respite. You need that ability to go, ah, there's more to life than war, for instance. And yeah, I realize it's a luxury to have that in our lives as well. But are we not here to have joy or find joy in the midst of a lot of people that do suffer simultaneously? Are we supposed to suffer because everybody else is suffering? I mean, these are existential questions as well and even spiritual questions. So it was a nice, like, exciting thing at the moment. Yeah. And the big scheme of things, it's not that important, but finding time for joyful experiences. I mean, these warmongers would like us to never be happy, never find joy ever. And they want you to feel guilty. If you find a shred of joy in the midst of other people suffering, you can't do that. That is not what we were designed. I believe God created us to be happy beings. Soul is a happy being. However, if you're the president of the United States, yes, and major war breaks out in Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. probably don't wait three days to say something about it and instead have a barbecue. Right, exactly. That is a perspective if you're a president of the United States. Yes. All right, Steve has a comment on viruses and quantum unicorns may very well exist, but so far neither has been proven. I think that viruses are mischaracterized as pathogenic poisons, but they're probably genetic protein sequences that we produce called exosomes that help us detox. See, I'm more or less in, in Steve's camp, and that's what I've said over, over a lot of years here, that we, you know, whatever we call a virus, whether it exists or not as what they say it is, 
Viruses, I think, you know, in some language, when you go to origin point means toxic poison. And in that context, yes, it could be a detox pathway. It could be information. But the way they call, quote unquote, isolate viruses, I think, and I've said this and gone on record many times over many years, that it's absurd to think that that was isolated from your tissue because it isn't just, here's your tissue, take it out. Oh, there it is. No, they take the tissue out, the liquid out. They do this to it. They do that to it. I've gone through this in many lectures over the years too. And then they go, oh, here it is. Like that is not isolation in the, in the pure sense of it, but they alter definitions all of the time to conflict people and, and have them perceive things differently. And uh, so homie, don't play that game. Just saying. Um, so you got a complaint, take it up with super Don. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> you remember where that came from? Uh, was that in living color? That was. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. Great show. That's where uh, a lot of people got their start, including Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim right? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So that's all I got here. All Ooh. I have got. What is Rand Paul? Has Rand Paul written a book about Fauci? He's got a book called Deception. Does he? Yeah, he says, Anthony Fauci allowed the funding to go around the safety committee. This is a bombshell revelation that will eventually bring down Anthony Fauci. Well, being lovely if that finally happened. The guy is well-deserving of being brought down, even though he's not officially in the government. I don't know. Anymore. I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah. So far, nobody's been able to do it. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Ben Tapper talking about Ron Paul? Was that brought back a lot of memories too? Totally. Oh, I, yeah. he, he was, you know, how many times have I said the exact same thing? Yep. I know. That he said, it's just, exactly. that's, that's the same experience I had. Big, mm -hmm. big, you know, uh, fan, uh, just, you know, just loving the energy of the, you know, the campaign, go to the uh, RNC convention. And it was just devastating. <laughs> mm -hmm. devastating for not, you know, for everybody else watching, but also for the people who were there. And, and I know that, uh, who, what's her name that was there from Maine. That's a friend of the show. We've had her on numerous times. Come on. Oh, uh, uh, uh ginger, ginger, ginger Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. You were say she ginger was there. Rogers, weren't you? Yeah, almost. Yeah. Ginger. Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Harvey. Well, remember Paul Harvey was there. Steve Harvey was there. Wait, wait. Steve anyway. Garvey. Yes, that's right. Right. Anyway, yeah. So I became totally just that. That, that ruined it. That ruined mm -hmm. politics for me. Right. It was kind of like the final straw. It was yeah. like, all right, you know what? I've been putting up with when and maybe giving excuses and reasoning away. You know, the politicians and the politics that were going on here. But that was it. Yeah. You know, when when they were doing the vote. And it was already, you know, what was his name? Um, that was uh, he was he was a speaker of the house. At the, I can't remember. Oh, the uh, one that cries a lot. Yeah, John Boehner. He was sitting there doing the thing. Uh, All in favor, say aye. You know, and on the teleprompter, mm -hmm. it already said what the the vote yeah, was the vote was going was, to yeah. be. As it's going up, and they actually got a shot of the teleprompter mm -hmm. of it say you know saying, "Oh, well, the eyes have it." And it was just like, wait a minute. You know, if you listen to the voice thing, the ice did not have it. Yeah. At best, it was a tie. Right. Uh, but it was already predetermined on the teleprompter. He just read it and it was over and Ron Paul was gone. And that was that was just, that was a, a big blow. Yeah. Um, and so I, I haven't voted since then. That was it for me. Yeah. 
Now, so many people might call me a party pooper and criticize me for not doing my civil duty. And then if I don't I, vote. I would not criticize you. If I such, don't no. vote, I don't have yeah. a right to complain, right? No. And in that case, you know, when I say, what if they threw a war and no one showed up? What if they threw an election and no one showed up? You know, delegitimize the system, which is already clearly for most of you recognize it's not legitimate. And even though there can be cases where the vote matters, if you will, and somebody better gets into office. Right. And I'm still encouraging people to support Jonathan Emort without a doubt, because having him there versus not, what would I, you know, sway, weigh it out? It's still better, by far better. At the same time, it's not the end all. If he gets in any more than if Bobby Kennedy becomes president or if Ron Paul had become president, there's no political saviors. There are people that will bring us back to adherence to the Constitution within government. And there are those of us outside of government that will no longer operate outside of that Constitution by pushing back, by defying unconstitutional uh, mandates or prohibitions, etc. cetera. Uh, and, you know, what power do I have? What power do you have? You're connected to the source of all power. That is God. And at a certain point, you and God are a majority over, you know, and, and this is not, again, an, uh, arguing for theocracy. I've never argued for that. So recognizing your divinity doesn't mean you want a state-sanctioned religion. Quite the opposite, I believe. You don't want the government to tell you or anybody else how to worship or not to or ha you have to. Uh, in freedom, we are better off. So I hope that's clear. All right. All Chris right. put up a link to to Patrick's uh, website, I'm sorry, uh, Facebook page about the uh, acknowledgement of his passing. I just see that now for the first time. So I have to reach out to the family. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I got. Let's see. What do we got real quick here before we go? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Joe Williams. Brandon Joe Williams. Uh, okay. Brandon from don't be a slave.com. Hey, I like that. Okay, cool. And maybe Ty Bollinger. I don't know. We'll find out. See if we got him tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what do we got Thursday? I'm heading out after that, the show Thursday to Chicago for the, uh, the health freedom expo. So far, all we have is Jonathan E. Mord. Okay. And then we're, <laughs> here we go again, Michael Bolden on Friday. Yeah, but I'm live from Health Freedom Expo, so I can have Bolden on. There's no problem. Right. Yeah, we're good That'll for be good. Bolden on Friday. That'll I, be good. I, I, I get in well early enough to do the show live from Chicago. And, and last year, I did it like right at registration while they were setting up behind me. You know, like mm -hmm. I did at the Red Pill Expo one on the Friday. They were setting up behind me. So it's kind of like that's the idea of, of doing a show, getting ready and get everybody excited for the Health Freedom Expo on this weekend. Cool. Uh, so looking forward to seeing and everybody. Then, and there. then Monday, uh, we'll be live as well. Oh, that's a good question. Let me check my schedule. Stand by. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's look at this. Say uh, we'll find out all of us together. Monday the 23rd. Holy crap. Monday the, Monday the 16th. Oh, is oh Monday the 16th. At. Thank you. Yes. No, I'm flying out Monday the 16th. Uh, so that's uh, going to be a pre-record or an encore? Yes. So I okay. maybe I can get enough uh, pre-records on the over the weekend, if time permits, to get okay. a Monday show together for you. Um, so there'll be something new on Monday. But if I'm looking at the 23rd, yeah, we're good because the following weekend is the uh, uh, the Portland, Oregon, Washington State event, the uh, Patriots United WA on the 21st. So, okay. boy, oh boy, stuff's moving along fast. We didn't have anybody scheduled on that Monday, so we're good. Yeah. So, all right, cool. 
Well, on that note. Yes. Thank you guys for hanging out with us for uh, the beginning of the week. Hope you had a, I don't know, did you, did you do anything for Columbus? To, or excuse me, <laughs> uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah, I was road tripping with my honey. That's right. You were. So we got to see, it was crowded out at the stores. I noticed that when we were just filling up with gas at one, day, at one point during the day. But um, it was a good day. We had a good yep. day. Uh, Made me long, think today was Monday when it was Tuesday. Right, I know. Yep. You you picked a good encore yesterday, I think. You think so? I think so. Good. Yeah. The, In uh, fact, Anna, who does our, our, our digital media outreach, pulled something out. I think it was with Brian Artis from the Red Pill Expo. Mm. And we were talking about what's in a tobacco cigarette. Right. So that was uh, more than tobacco. Yes. Yeah. It was way more than tobacco. (laughs) I promise you. Anyway, thank y'all for being here. Uh, We went, wow, two and a half hour show plus today. A long show, a lot to do, a lot to cover, obviously on this day, please extend those prayers out for love and peace and uh, you know, reconnecting to the source of all healing and health and, and, and again, um, going beyond our petty hatreds and, and, and fears and things that result in ultimately manipulation into warfare and, and horrible, horrible acts that human, humans will do to other humans in, in the name of whatever. Uh, and uh, I, I pray that whatever I related today, was, it wasn't intended to offend anybody. I don't think it did, but you know, any, anything could offend anybody nowadays. But to try to call us to go a little bit deeper uh, in, in our asse- uh, assessing of these ongoing thousands of years of humanity's war on humanity uh, to try and break through and do better. Uh, I won't stop trying to do that. All right. Well, thanks guys for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow. You guys have a good afternoon. We'll see you then.